0: Episode 35. My name is Matt and I'm joined today by Tom.
1: Hello. How's, How's it going, man? It's going good. I'm enjoying my first visit to your, your new establishment.
0: My new shindig. Yeah, it was just me and uh, Travis last week. Speaking of, Travis.
2: That was two episodes ago.
0: Was it two episodes ago? Yeah. No, the last episode we recorded no. was a. Uh... We did a quiet place. Yeah, here. Just me and you. Oh, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> Never mind. You guys are right. <laughs> I was here last time. That's true
1: off
2: to a good start <laughs>
0: uh like i said at the top of the show this is episode 35 and we got a big one for you guys we are discussing the biggest movie of all time or i should say biggest opening weekend we're now in the second weekend of avengers infinity war conclusion conclusion to phase three of uh the marvel cinematic universe is that right
3: um,
2: sure we can call it that and um i cut off my intro so for any of those who are wondering this is travis
0: <laughs> <laughs> thanks for being here today travis oh hey uh, travis what's up we're gonna be talking about infinity war uh, as well as the new lynn ramsey film you were never really here starring joaquin phoenix uh so we'll get into that later in the show but before we start diving into the movies let's talk about what's been going on with you two uh Tom, you want to give us a quick uh, NBA playoffs update?
1: Yeah, that's pretty much what's been going on with me. <laughs> um, well, Golden State Warriors just dropped Game 3 to the Pelicans. Whoops, Were they up 2-0? Yeah, they were pretty competitive games, though. Um, Stephen Curry sat out the first one with his injury, and then what's he came wrong, back. Uh, I think it's his an- It's always his ankle, so that's what I'm assuming it was. Uh But I'm really hoping that the Pelicans just come back and storm the series away from Golden State, which is not likely, but makes the Blazers look better. So go Pelicans.
0: (laughs) And then, so what, are we down to the the final four? Who's who's still in this thing? No,
1: it's still eight. So there's four teams in both conferences left. Um, Come on, we got to be rooting for the Jazz. Yeah, the Jazz are dope too, but... um, they didn't you look too good last night. You don't night. think they can handle the Rockets? Well, I think they can get another win. But summon the Rockets, fear the beard. Um, and then over on the Eastern Conference, the Celtics and Sixers. Go Sixers. And the Cavs and the Raptors. So LeBron's doing his normal stuff that he does to the Raptors, which is pretty pretty amazing actually yeah if you get a chance to watch one of these games he makes them look <laughs> terrible <laughs>
0: all right cool it's well,
1: exciting stuff though great playoffs here
0: so your team are who are you rooting for through the whole thing the pelicans because they oh, beat the blazers
1: i mean that would be amazing if the pelicans keep winning i'm i'm pelicans all the way
0: mm, okay
1: in the eastern conference i want the sixers they're fun and young um But in the West, I'm just rooting for upsets at this point.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Nice. All right. Travis, what are you? What's going on? You're moving tomorrow. I'm
1: moving this
2: weekend. So my weekend will be spent packing, moving, and unpacking.
1: I'm Mm -hmm. very excited.
0: Who doesn't love moving? Dude, it's... It's a promising time. (laughs) (laughs)
1: You know? Yes. There's excitement. Once you get into the new place... Equal excitement as anxiety. Anxiety? Yeah.
0: Yeah, dude. You don't get anxious when you move?
1: No, I get mad not anxious i don't get like nervous (laughs) for the the experience
2: all the above man Uh. stressed mad it does suck nervous having to clean your
1: place afterward too
2: yeah but we do have a a full weekend an extra weekend basically to do
1: that yeah okay good because our leases overlap so
2: we should be fine
1: my frustrations always are once you're in your place i want it to be set up like immediately right i want to i stay up until like four in the morning putting everything away and you still didn't even get halfway through it, so yeah. it just annoys me to not have the place set up for like, you know, a week. Right.
0: I mean, you guys saw my room. I still have boxes I haven't been <laughs> I know. I couldn't live like that. I got clothes <laughs> on the, in a pile on the floor. I got a dirty clothes pile <laughs> and a clean clothes pile. I'd be calling out sick. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Fun times ahead, though, for sure.
0: Yeah, it's exciting, exciting times. Yeah. Um, all right. What else is going on? Anything else you guys want to mention?
2: Movies.
1: Just movies. Wish I could have seen more this week. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to finally get some nice weather.
0: That's true. It's been nice this past week or so. It's finally not fucking garbage here in Seattle.
1: <laughs> I was in the car with Sarah this morning. And I was like, man, Seattle is just so beautiful when the sun comes out. And she was like, yeah, yeah. It's a total mind fuck. <laughs> I don't even know how to handle I was it. It's like, what? It's like, yeah, it tries to trick you into thinking it's so great here, and then it's just shit the rest of the year. <laughs> it's like, okay, That's right. what someone's not excited here. for summer. <laughs> Very true. What's up with you, Matt?
0: Uh, not a whole lot. Just uh, working, playing video games, You know, playing some Fortnite and putting my time in. Um, I got another victory last night. Which was nice. So I've been doing that. Uh, what did I do? I went to a show. I saw the Lawrence Arms. They're a punk band from uh, Chicago. Been around a long time. I'd never seen them live. They, they played at Riot Fest when I was there in September in Chicago. But I only caught like two songs of their set. Because I was passing through their stage on the way to another stage. So
1: hmm.
0: pretty cool to see that band live. Um, tomorrow I'm seeing Ezra Furman.
1: Oh, I've listened to Ezra Furman.
0: He's interesting. I really like him, but he's got a interesting voice, mm-hmm. interesting style. It's kind of like a, a punk Bruce Springsteen with a little maybe country twang mm-hmm. to his sound. Mm-hmm.
2: He's no Wheeler Walker, though, right?
0: Wheeler Walker. Is that the name?
2: <laughs> Wheeler Walker Jr. Have we talked about him
0: on the show no, yet? No, we have
2: not. So, <laughs> it was Wheeler uh, Walker. Oh, yeah. You need to get familiar. Twin so daughters.
0: this summer, uh, one of my favorite all-time musicians, Kid Rock, <laughs> is uh, coming to White River Amphitheater, and uh, his opener is Wheeler Walker, right?
2: Wheeler Walker Jr.
0: So I had never heard of this guy, but Travis introduced me to him, and he had, he showed me the song uh, Kicking Ass. Eating eatin', Pussy, eatin Kicking Ass. Kicking Ass. It sounds like a parody band. I have not yet confirmed if it is or not.
2: I hope it is. It's just (laughs) something (laughs) tells me you'll find out at the show. (laughs) It's just
0: so over the top. Um, But you know, White River Amphitheater, trashiest venue in the Seattle area. Never the been trashiest there. Trashiest artist known to man, oh, Kid yeah, Rock.
1: Yeah. Where is the White River Amphitheater? It's like Auburn, it's Auburn. slash Enumclaw.
0: It's like uh, it's technically on an Indian reservation, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a pain in the ass to get there. It's the fucking worst. I hate mm. that venue. That's where I saw Corn last year. Oh, it's, like, God. a
2: one-way, like, you saw corn. Or, like, a one-lane street, so... It, yeah. yeah it's Traffic like, gets
0: super backed up. Because it's a, it's a big venue, so, like, everyone's trying to get there at once. Yeah. It's a shithole, but you, you can just find, like, the finest, like, meth population. I was gonna say,
1: I bet the state could make, like, all of their money just ticketing all the drunk drivers on the way out of that place. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. I got fucking trashed last year when I saw Korn. <laughs> uh, I someone i was so i hate lime oh. Are you guys familiar oh the, no, the canned ones
2: <laughs> huh? like the canned ones right yeah like yeah. bud
0: light lime Ritas. oh Dude, yeah, yeah
2: those were like 12 percent or 8 percent
0: or something <laughs> disgusting so uh the people i was with i was talking shit about lime like the whole time then i got fucking trashed and then they were like we're gonna buy some lime and i was like uh over here please <laughs> 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 and uh, it gets a little hazy after that like between limerita and corn citrus haze it's all kind yeah. of kind of a blur but.
2: that's usually my go-to at the gorge just because it's most bang for your buck. it's trash dude but it is
0: gross it's the strawberry those are better than the lime. but they're so sweet too much sugar Yeah, <laughs> that's a recipe for disaster if I've ever God. seen one
1: you guys are just exploring a world that I, I do not know the White River <laughs> Amphitheater and limeritas
0: hell yeah dude a white trash life. yeah <laughs> Mm. <laughs> that's what I look for um so yeah, doing that tomorrow I, said, <laughs> I don't know how we got on to fucking Wheeler Walker did you Ezra Furman? yeah, well, that's yeah. where we started. But. yeah,
2: you said country Twang and then Wheeler, Wheeler Walker, Walker just immediately entered my
0: head <laughs> hottest country artist in the country Hell yeah uh, so yeah, that's basically what I've been doing. Come on, twenty dollar no, groupon
2: crazy. you guys are you in?
0: Oh, we've already discussed. I am hundred percent down <laughs>
2: for what?
1: Wheeler Walker? Kid Rock. Yeah, dude. Wheeler (laughs) Walker. Isn't this tomorrow? No, 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 Ever Furman is tomorrow. Oh. (laughs) When is Kid Rock?
0: It was like September August. Yeah, it's
2: later in the summer. You got time to to figure this out. Let me think about it.
0: It's gonna be terrible, but it's gonna be amazing. Yeah. The people watching, the Uh, dude, if Kid Rock plays Ba with the Ba Oh yeah. uh,
2: I'd lose my shit. (laughs) You know he's playing Cowboy. You know he's playing Cowboy.
0: (laughs) Wait, no, that's a... who was that? I Steel horn. That's Bon Jovi, right? Um won't yeah, that's Not Bon Jovi. Sure. I'm sure Kid Rock covers right. that. What? how does how does the Kid Rock Cowboy song go?
2: Cowboy,
0: baby, right? <laughs> oh that song yeah.
1: that's kid rock
0: i don't think that's kid rock dude
1: dude that's gotta be him I,
0: is it cowboy here we baby. go yeah is
1: that-, that was like when
2: he was transitioning it was like half and the half. middle
0: there in between the shitty new metal what were some of uh kid rocks like other because it wasn't just Bow with the Bow. oh american badass yeah dude
1: cowboy song by kid rock okay okay he had that that summertime hit like yeah, that was in his con- that was in ago. his country
0: phase though. I I honestly kind of want to look at the like Kid Rock set list nowadays before I pull the trigger on this because if he doesn't play at least some of the the classics, yeah, I don't know if I'm interested. Here's
2: a top ten Kid Rock songs Let's list. Hear it. Let's hear it. Oh my god. <laughs> ten is Amen. Nine only God knows why. I am the bull. Oh, I am the bull god. That's a good. Oh name.
0: yeah, I remember that one.
2: Lonely Road of Faith, Born Free, Cowboy, American Badass, Picture, Ba To Number Two.
0: What? what? It's Summer Feeling Number One. All summer long is Number oh, One. Oh God, mm. that's trash. Dude. What's
1: this picture song with Cheryl, Cheryl C- Crow? Why is her name so hard to say? Cheryl Crow. <laughs> not sure, but this
2: list sucks. because to not number a trash one. List.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well.
0: Anyway, if any of the listeners want to join us, we'll be at White River <laughs> yeah. Amphitheater. Wearing American flag, tank tops Hell yeah Getting Trash fucking fest. wasted on my <laughs> Uh Anyway Let's get into this, you guys fucking ready to talk about Infinity War?
1: Yeah, yeah, let's do there. it
0: <laughs> Alright, we have a clip Let's take a listen Alright, Guardians, don't forget This might be dangerous, so let's put on our mean faces
3: What happened? <laughs> Wipers! Wipers! Get it off! How is this dude still alive? He is not a dude. You're a dude. This... This is a man. A handsome, muscular man.
0: Okay, Avengers Infinity War is the latest film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is uh, introducing, not introducing, bringing Thanos into the mix for real. We finally see what this guy is all about.
1: Thanos.
0: Plot synopsis reads, The Avengers and their allies must be willing to sacrifice all in an attempt to defeat the powerful Thanos before his blitz of devastation and ruin puts an end to the universe. This is directed by Anthony and Joe Russo, who uh, are responsible for Winter Soldier and Civil War. Uh, The film stars uh, some of the heavy hitters here. Uh, We got Karen Gillum, Paul Bettany, Anthony (laughs) (laughs) Mackie. I'm not going to go through the rest of the cast list, but you guys know who the fuck is in this movie. Um, So many people. This broke... Ton of box office records, six hundred and twenty million worldwide. Previously held by the Last Jedi, Mm. it smoked the Last Jedi. It was like five hundred forty. Or no, 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 Force Awakens, not Last Jedi. Excuse
1: me. Um, Man, modern moviegoers are just the worst. Yep,
0: (laughs) they're the worst. So we're gonna mostly be talking spoilers but let's do some general impressions spoiler free we'll indicate when we're gonna be getting into the spoilers put it in the show notes but first things first general impressions what did you guys think of infinity war tom you want to go first this time
1: sure um well as per the huge i like the funny stuff Um, The the funny stuff did work for the most part in this movie, I will say that. Mm -hmm. I did not really feel any emotions (laughs) for 90% of the movie. I will say that
2: probably two of the funniest moments in the Marvel Cinematic Universe are in Infinity War. I can't wait to talk so, about it. We'll yeah, get into it. <laughs> table
0: that, table that, because I want to know what you're talking <laughs> yeah. about. Because this is coming from the guy who fucking hated Thor Ragnarok. I know. Like,
2: yes. You. That's how I was going to start my general impression was, twisty this is better than Thor Ragnarok.
1: little <laughs> serpent, you.
0: Because <laughs> I think Tom and I both agree, Thor Ragnarok is one of, if not the fun, I think Guardians of the Galaxy, the original, is probably funnier than Thor Ragnarok, but at yeah. least that's my stance. But Thor Ragnarok is... The I rewatched
1: world. Thor Ragnarok, and it's fucking funny still.
2: It, yeah, it was trying to
1: have a lot of fun. I just did not have fun with it. <laughs> 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 fucking Scrooge. <screwed you> <laughs> uh, okay. I was entertained the whole way through, but I didn't really... Uh, I don't know. I didn't... I liked Thanos as a character, but his whole plot was bizarre to me. It just didn't seem very well thought out or... Or, like, it, it's not <laughs> its not bulletproof by any means.
0: It sounds, like, very interesting, like, on a surface level. But then when you really dig into it, like, yeah. there's a lot of logistical problems with his master yeah. plan. And, then, you know, his motivations, like, they try to establish his motivations in this movie because we really don't get much of it yeah. in the previous film. So it's a little shaky as far as how they establish, you know, why he came to... Uh, start on this this conquest uh, mm-hmm. I mean I don't think it's a spoiler to say his goal is to basically wipe out half of all life in the universe to bring at random yes, completely random yeah. he's kind of you know kind of he's on a high horse about it he thinks it's fair and then that he's the only one who has the will and the strength to do what needs to be done you know kind of a classic yeah. megalomaniac superhero they
2: movie. try and justify it but like from his perspective.
0: Right, which they do provide grounds for why he feels this way, but we'll get into that in spoilers, but it's like, eh, I mean, that's just one specific example. Like, I don't know if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but yes, I agree. Anyway, continue.
1: Um, yeah, I, I there were things that I really liked about the movie that I would have liked to see more of, and then there were, I, I don't know, this is a, a weird answer, but they have to break up. So many different side stories, and they have to pack so much into, into a single movie, and some of it didn't work for me, and some of it did, and I wish I could have had more of the stuff that I thought was cool and interesting, and less of the stuff that I thought was stupid, or just didn't look good, or was boring, or, or whatever.
0: Yeah, because you... They kind of do the thing that The Last Jedi did where they split up the characters and they're all kind of doing their own thing, which you really kind of have to do when we're talking about like 20 plus heroes. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't mind that as much, but to your point, there are specific storylines that I was very interested in, both visually, emotionally. Like there were things I was invested in and then what the way the movie is edited it would kind of leave it on a cliffhanger and then it would cut to a different storyline. Yeah. You'd return to it. So it's like, you're going moving from something you're really invested in to go explore something that is maybe not as interesting.
1: You know yeah. What I mean, and I, I, uh, yeah, I think some of the strengths of the film are, How quickly they were able to introduce characters who were sort of new to the storyline, like specifically the Guardians, and then just get them going with the plot without having to dwell on everything and having to have them meet every fucking Avenger. Right. You know, we didn't have to do that, which was cool. It's also um,
0: kind of funny because they don't... Not all of the characters know who everyone is. Yeah. So you have these, like, meetings that are kind of funny. Like yeah. Especially the, when the Guardians are brought into the story. Yeah. I mean, we don't want to give spoilers. Yeah. But, you know, that kind of thing was interesting is uh-huh. how these characters interact. Because even, like, a character like Doctor Strange has had very minimal involvement in the greater cinematic universe. So kind of working him into this story... Um, and also, you know, the characters just, like, making fun of each other. You know, that was a lot of it. Like, um, one thing uh, that I kind of started grading on me was uh, Thor calling Rocket Raccoon a rabbit over and oh, over again. Oh, I love that. that but that joke so that joke has been done in, like, the first two Guardians movies. Everyone calls him some other thing. He gets called a yeah. trash panda. He gets called uh, like, a... <laughs> he gets called they basically confuse him for other animals and it's like he's a fucking raccoon why does thor know what a rabbit looks like but not a raccoon you know i I think i
1: liked it so much because it was thor and i think that uh that chris hemsworth is is a funny actor like he does comedy really well and just the idea of thor being like really stupid and not having the time to really figure out what he's getting wrong you know like it's just so beneath him that he's not gonna be like i'm not a rabbit you know and he's like Okay, whatever, rabbit. Yeah, right. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> I don't know. That's that's doing, what it got. Right. That's what got me It's just him um, when he calls him uh, Sweet Rabbit. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was pretty funny. <laughs> Sweet Rabbit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, I mean, Thor in particular uh, was one of the highlights of the movie for me. And like in the past couple Marvel films, he's kind of turned into a standout. Because early on, like I did not give a shit about Thor. Now, yeah. he kind they kind of turn him into this like. Wise cracking. like he's a lot funnier than he used to be he has more personality he used to just be this like kind of brooding like yeah. big norseman looking dude he well and he, like... he
1: clearly seems like the most powerful of all the characters yeah because of it,
0: the main the main avengers yeah. anyway
2: yeah. i seem like they've they figured out a character for him that actually works like he's he's you know like molded into the character um but i think thor did have probably one of the coolest moments in the movie and just I don't want to spoil it, but there's a specific shot of him doing something really awesome and that was like probably one of the biggest highlights of it. It was in the like big battle. Mm-hmm. You guys know what I'm talking yeah. about. Right? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. That just looked awesome. And like I have never I haven't seen Thor do anything like
1: nearly that cool in like all of the movies he's been in. So, sure. yeah. Sure. Yeah, but uh- when it really comes down to it, to me, it's just pure entertainment. Like, I don't feel any emotion with these characters. I don't feel like even in previous movies, not that I have been a loyal follower of the Avengers movies in particular, but uh, like watching Civil War, I mean, I've already, I've already expressed my opinion on that piece of garbage. Oh my God. <laughs>
0: You've got like 15. Turn I don't know. No, 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 no.
1: i tried. Okay. So I watched the first 15 minutes twice. It was bad both times. <laughs> Turned it off. And then I watched like the full like hour and maybe 20 minutes of it. I I just didn't see like the last battle of Civil War because I was just did not care.
0: That's fair. I think we can probably all agree that the Marvel movies that we like the most are the ones that are kind of lighthearted, emphasis on comedy. Because it's just with this universe, they're just nothing really carries any weight because, you know, yeah, yeah. You know that, like, they're not going to kill off any of the major characters, you know? It just, like, the stakes... Even though the stakes are huge, half of all life in the universe is on the line, you still can't help but feel like, no matter what happens, there's no permanence, you know what I mean? So right. that's why the more lighthearted fare, like the space romp of Galle- or Galleons, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Spider-Man, which is kind of like a john hughes like high school type of superhero uh, mm-hmm. blend which is really interesting yeah those are the ones because they don't take themselves so seriously having said that i do feel like this movie the stakes are really high and it, i i felt it this time like i even having said what i just said it still felt like there was a lot on the line there was a lot of of gravitas that would be mixed in with moments of levity because there's a lot of comedy in this. It's kind of similar to the first Avengers. You know, there's lots of jokes in that, but mm. the, the stakes are the highest they had ever been, at least at that point in the, in the storyline. So it just felt, it felt important, I guess. Like, even though I know it's, it's just a superhero movie and ultimately, I don't really care about what happens to the characters. Because they're just gonna get rebooted in five years anyway. You know what I mean? Well yeah, and they're
2: they're superheroes with like super strength. So it's hard to like relate to to them in any way.
1: Yeah, and like Yeah, I, I think also with these movies, they will have epic, high, high stakes for what is happening, like a lot of gravitas to the actual problem, but the character arcs that they develop sometimes result in the characters acting like so petty, you Mm -hmm. know? And like the most minuscule little interpersonal problems that they are unable to put aside in the face of like the most... Utter annihilation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's where I'm like, okay, fuck this. I don't want to hear anything about the babbling of the Avengers. Just give me the fight scene, I guess, and the set pieces and the, you know, A to B adventure steps and then we're done.
2: You know, totally. Well, and I'm also not like super into these movies. Like, I think they're cool, but I'm definitely not as invested as others. And I think that's where I maybe like suffer a bit as far as like getting attached to these characters. Is like I'm not all in, and I kind of wish I was. But then at the same time, I feel like if I was, I would just be even like more tired of it. So it's like sure. it's like one of those things. And I don't. Know, I kind of envy the people who like are obsessed with them. And I mean, a lot of people have been making this comparison, but like. This franchise is pretty much like a TV series and like it kind of like really like shows in this movie like this is like a season finale like you could compare mm-hmm. it to like Game of Thrones or something and all the other like side movies are just like episodes that s- focus on specific characters.
1: Totally. This is. I mean, And I hate TV so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but kind of going jumping off of that I do think as far as how they've handled this like cinematic universe. When I really look at what they did with this movie, like I don't think they could have done much better. Like yeah. this they've been building up to this for 10 years and you look back all of the things they bring back into the plot in this movie, like you can't help but think like wow, they really this yeah. was the plan all along. Like they let people put uh, their imprints on the individual movies like James Gunn um, the Russo brothers Joss Whedon you know they've all put their stamp on each of the properties but you look at it like this started in 2008 here we are 10 years later we've been built like this is unprecedented yeah. like it's when I really look at it like step back and look at like what this is and viewing this as the culmination of all of that I don't really think they could have done much better it's me, the movie is maybe a overstuffed there's a lot going on but i mean we'll get into the ending but i feel like
1: yeah i I hear you but like what travis was just saying about game of thrones like when you when you mentioned game of thrones and how this show or how the avengers are like a tv show it makes me think wow game of thrones does it much better (laughs) why can't why can't they make these movies make me feel for characters the way i feel for characters in game of thrones you know it's the same basic idea there's a, an equal number of characters but they're more human in game of thrones yeah going yeah, back to what But he they're said. still they're still heroes like they're all they're all chosen by destiny basically to have like a huge role in how everything plans out yeah that's yeah. true it's but, just the action that's different but
0: these are also like comic book properties that go back decades. And this is, this is Marvel HBO. They can do whatever the fuck they want on HBO. You know, they can have more interesting explorations of morality, sex and violence and gender, all of that. They can, they have more room. Whereas with like something as big as Marvel, like you, like you can you could do really interesting things with these heroes. Yeah. But at the end of the day, Comic books and superheroes have to appeal to kids, maybe with the exception of Deadpool, but that's yeah. that's Deadpool's identity. He's I just, the R-rated, like, you know, wisecracking, yeah, fourth-wall-breaking yeah.
1: asshole, you know what I mean? I just feel like you could still have, like, a redemptive character arc for someone. Like, actually make me hate Loki for a couple of movies. Like, make me really feel something for him, and then, you know, maybe he has a movie where he he turns something around or, or something like that. Uh, I don't know. But I hear you. Considering that it's Marvel, I get that, and it is supposed to be more universally Disney. appealing. I mean, Disney yeah.
0: owns, you know, Disney owns Marvel but it Studios. doesn't
1: have to be like R-rated. I'm not necessarily sure. asking for that. But yeah, still, just, you're
0: limited in what like the types of subject material you yeah. can tackle, and the things you can do with the
1: characters. I just wish like. they would challenge the audience a little bit more. I don't feel like I'm ever challenged. Well, yeah, I mean, tributes. it's
2: it's trying to hit like every age, you know, like this is for kids and adults and with game of thrones it's like specifically an adult show um but yeah i i appreciate just like the ambition and grandness of it even though there are issues with it and there's things that i don't like about it um but i did like it for the most part um the thing that i have a problem with a lot of these movies is i just feel like there's so much exposition exposition that like i just get so bored during those scenes because it's (laughs) it's mainly just characters talking about their plans or like obsessing over the stones and i'm just like I don't really care. I like, let's get to something more interesting. And um, with Thanos' whole plot, like, I don't know if it would be better, but it was kind of weird seeing the whole movie play out and him just like getting all of the stones in one movie. Like, I think it would have been kind of cool to see him like play more of a role in previous movies and maybe get a few of the stones and then, you know, have like, I don't know, more substantialness to each of the stones because some of them just felt like he just went in there and like plucked it away and I was like okay well I need five more now and it's like I don't know seeing that happen like five or six times in the movie
1: like
0: they kind of needed to do that to bring the characters together though because they're like you know with the Guardians being like out in the galaxy doing their whole thing you know they kind of had to bring these stories together they could have started it maybe in guardians volume two like maybe he got that infinity stone you know
1: um i i definitely see where you're coming from but um how did he get the original power stone don't ask me i don't (laughs) remember dude (laughs) Mm.
0: he got it so what are the so well, okay, maybe we should do this in spoilers. We can like, go through the stones, and then maybe we can figure it out that way. Um, before, we, I, we should wrap this part up, though, because I think there's a lot to talk about in spoilers. But I do want to say, I don't think this is a spoiler. From the trailer, you can tell that the kind of like the the big battle happens in Wakanda. And I liked Black Panther a lot, but we just saw that movie in February. Right. The fact that the big clash were back in Wakanda, this very familiar landscape that we've already dealt with. Especially because we go to some really cool places in this movie to have the final confrontation basically in the same field where the last big confrontation Yeah, it felt yeah. very similar. So I it was still a good scene. I enjoyed it, but it was still yeah. a little samey, you know, I wish there right. was either more separation between black Panther and this movie or they just set it somewhere else. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I agree. I also, there was something else about that battle that I didn't like, but I'll mention it when we get into sports There's a couple of
0: things.
2: Well, and that. I feel like there wasn't really a, like any moments that really stood out as far as like action sequences go. Like there was a couple really cool moments and most of the action was good, but I just feel like since there's been so many of these movies, a lot of the action in them feel the same or looks the same. Yeah. And I just wish there was like a cool takeaway, like, oh, dude, do you remember that scene? But like, there's really not any of those for me, at least. Oh, there's one. Is it? Yeah. I, if it's that the same one we're thinking of, then the other probably big, the, the the biggest other big fight scene was yeah. pretty sweet.
0: I agree. Yeah. That was the highlight of the in, movie for me.
2: Like involving Thanos? Yeah. Being uh, ganged up on a bit? hmm Yeah. That was that was probably the the best action sequence, just because it was cool seeing everyone work together and like use their abilities to take down this like Titan of power. <laughs> power Titan.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. OK, anything else? I feel like it'll be a lot easier to talk about this movie if we just.
2: Well, this is a movie like Star Wars where we could literally like dissect it scene by scene and it. It's a big enough movie where it kind of warrants that. Yeah, totally. Because Star Wars is really
3: good. Well, you know what I mean? It's just such <laughs> a big property. Like,
2: we don't ever feel the need to, like, dissect, I don't know, You Were Never Really Here, for example. We wouldn't necessarily go scene by scene by with that movie. But, like, The Last Jedi, like, yeah. I feel like when people talk about movies this grand, like, you kind of have to talk about it right. scene by scene. <laughs> like
1: every two minutes is crucial, right? And these
0: are also like huge cultural events in franchises that have very long storied histories. You know? Yeah. Um, okay, so let's do star ratings. I really enjoyed this movie. Couple things that held it back for me. I don't think it's perfect, but when I really, if I don't think too hard about it, I think this movie is really good really entertaining in the moments i enjoyed it a ton uh four and a half for me
1: i'm gonna go a four i'm a four that's what my movie going experience was Mm. i was entertained yeah Mm -hmm. it was very solid but it didn't reach the heights that i would hope
0: okay Spoilers change my mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Spoilers for Infinity War start now. So check the show notes.
1: If Tony Stark's to this, sweatsuit. What the fuck was that? <laughs>
0: that was that was kind of lame. I did not like the look of his new suit. The whole nanotechnology thing. Like I was not a big fan of of that whole thing. Like he's wearing this like tight leather jacket thing that kind of looks like his suit anyway, and then he can just like.
2: The way his Iron Man suit looked once he like transformed in Iron Man looked weird too. It was very smooth. I didn't like the look of it. Like mm-hmm. I like when it actually has like edges to it. Yeah, but it almost looked like it was like painted it was like, on we don't, or something. Do we not
1: have time for his suit to fly to him? Yeah, just do it in like ten seconds. Yeah, okay, hop in, Tony. Great, <laughs> we're done. Yeah. Well, so- they probably do that
2: just to like give some sort of like visual variety, like. Because if it's the same suit every movie, it might get kind of boring. And all of the characters have transform a bit. Like Captain America, for example. Compare like the yeah he first hard. Captain
1: America to this. Like I don't
0: like the way he looks. He now. looks completely different. Yeah, he's he like even look like Captain America. He looks like he's Good. trying to Captain copy. America
1: sucks. <laughs> oh, no, he does. Dance. I like him with his long hair and his beard. He looks way better.
0: I mean, sure, he looks "quote unquote" better, but like he doesn't have his shield anymore. He's not wearing blue. Like he's just dude. Fucking... They, they've
2: gone rogue. Him and Bucky are just like
0: fucking. Yeah, they look like characters buddies. out of like Mission Impossible or something, yeah. not a Marvel movie. You yeah. Know? Also, They're Captain the America. Grimm. Captain America is like barely in this movie too, for like yeah. such a major character. Um, as far as there's a shitload of characters in this movie, I feel like they wasted. Bruce Banner slash Hulk. He had nothing to do in this movie. Like nothing. he was only the Hulk. One. He had time. the funniest
2: moment in the movie, though.
0: Okay, so that. Okay, so what is it? What are you talking about? You said there were two moments. So,
2: my brother and I laughed the hardest in the theater at both of these moments. Okay. But the first one was when Bruce Banner was trying to transform into the Hulk, and it was basically like a riff on a dude trying to get hard and he's like
0: come on like, is that how you get hard <laughs> <laughs> God damn no, it. He does that? well i don't i don't have that problem
2: <laughs> but uh you know guys who just to clarify yeah <laughs> struggle to get it up you know like you mm. they're in the city like
0: i don't think that's what they were going for dude. i kind of thought that's what they
2: were going for been going for that a little bit dude he was like basically he's like, like on, slapping himself he's like come on come on like come out basically like that's totally like trying to make like a dick joke yeah you remember that part though at you least right yeah like in the city about. yeah but
1: i didn't think that was very funny oh dude i was dying <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious so this
0: is why he didn't like thor ragnarok he needed more dick, <laughs> more, jokes. Also, more dick jokes
1: Yes. way better bruce banner funny moment in thor ragnarok spoilers for thor ragnarok when he's like all right, you're about to see something. He jumps out of the plane and he just fucking splats onto the rainbow road. No, not as good.
2: i <laughs> so good. You're going for so physical funny. humor there just over di- a dick joke. It. No way. Oh I my did. god, that scene was so good.
1: And since we're on
2: Bruce Banner's character, like, <laughs> no Hulk. Come on, that was lame. And well, him- yeah. he
0: was at the very beginning. He got fucked up by Thanos.
1: Oh right, yeah. So I, sp- um, I guess we're supposed to assume that he's just like scared of losing now. Yeah.
0: Because he kept saying no. He kept yeah. like, come out, Hulk. And they like, Roo! And then he'd you know, go. But over.
2: him wearing the Iron Man suit, I just thought was like super disappointing. Just
0: let him be Hulk in that moment.
2: Yeah. I'm sure they're saving it for the next one. But yeah. that was a pretty big disappointment. Because Hulk, I think, is one of the coolest Marvel characters. But like.
0: And Mark Ruffalo is great, too.
2: Yeah. But it seems like Hulk has kind of like taken a back seat, at least in the last few movies. And I know Ooh, everyone. Thor everyone shits on. The Edward Norton Hulk, but I still like that movie. I, I, haven't like that seen, one. I haven't seen it in years, but I don't know. I just think Hulk is super cool. Yeah, so
0: he's a cool character.
1: I agree. I I love seeing Hulk do Hulk shit. So yeah. <laughs> it, it was lame to not have that in the movie. I wanted to see him go at some people.
2: The Second joke was when Star Lord like is uh, having Doctor Strange like help him get to Thanos. He's like jumping on those little pads, mm-hmm. and then he like plants the bomb on him or whatever and he's like boom as he like jumps through the portal giving him the middle (laughs) finger that was amazing that
0: was the second funniest oh yeah dude that was a
1: good moment it
0: was it was good it wasn't that funny i just
2: loved how like he knew the portal was going to be behind him and he like jumps back like i don't know it was kind of childish but it was awesome
0: um So God. I think
1: You are such a sucker, for I, The worst joke. The middle finger and the boner joke? Yeah. Those dude. are the two? <laughs>
0: oh yeah.
1: Step brothers rules. God, kid rock concert. Here we go.
0: <clears throat> so uh Let's let the adults talk about the movie yeah. <laughs> real quick. Um, one of my favorite moments—it's in the trailer, but it's when uh, Spider-Man, Iron Man, Doctor Strange are all on like the, the ship, and yeah. he's like, "Oh, my name is Doctor Strange." Oh, oh, we're using our made-up names. Oh, okay, I'm Spider-Man. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then there was another really good moment um, when so it's I can't remember the specifics, but Drax is on his back and someone's pointing a gun at his head. And then he's like, don't worry, I can take it. He's just like point blank <laughs> gun to his head. Yeah. Like.
2: I did like the, since we're on humor, the I am Groot and then I am Steve Rogers. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty
1: good. That was good. I mean, there were there were a lot of funny moments. Some- Dra- I thought Drax was good in it. He was, he was funny as usual.
0: Who said this line? I can't remember who said it, but someone said, we're here to kick names and take ass. Oh, it was, it was uh, the Guardians
2: was Mantis? girl. Mantis, yeah. Yeah
0: that's kind of funny
2: yeah some of the humor was <laughs> ruined by a audience member who sat directly behind me she was the worst was she just, she like, just losing her mind? yeah like just over like expressing herself and it was too much like do you remember when i think it was a doctor strange who pulls out the flip phone who pulls out the flip phone robert downey jr they're e- at yeah, in yeah, like but doctor strange's lair or yeah. whatever but she said, a flip phone, a flip phone, like three or four times. And it's like, we get what's on screen. <laughs> that is, is part the of joke. the joke. Not <laughs> that funny, but go ahead and tell us three or four times. And then the part where uh, uh, Star-Lord was like mocking Thor, oh, she was just losing her shit. Like, that was like the worst part. <laughs> in my ear. And I was just like, yeah, this isn't funny anymore. <laughs> Thanks.
0: He had... um. <laughs> Star-Lord had a couple good lines. Like I like, it's also in the trailer when he's talking, like that's a really good plan, but we should do my plan. Cause it'll be way better. Or Like well, what would it have? suck that or line? something. <laughs> yeah. um, speaking of that though, is that, are we all agreeing that's the best moment in the film? When, yeah, when Tony Stark, Star-Lord and them all gang up on Thanos and they're trying to get the gauntlet off. Yeah. That was visually the coolest scene in the movie. It was, uh, the only thing is yeah, that we'll say... Star-Lord blew it.
3: Yeah,
2: that's the most annoying part about that was like five seconds before he blew it, he was bragging about how that was his plan. And it's like, because he like, you know, he gets mad and can't like stop himself from trying to like, you know, fight Thanos.
0: Right, which is fair. But at the same time, like the stakes are so high. He hasn't known Gamora that long, like just wait; they're almost there. Like, just hold back. Like, it just seemed so convenient. Yeah, that was yeah. one of
2: the most obvious. Like, okay, like we have to move the story along, so of course this is going to happen. But it was, it was pretty frustrating. Yeah, <laughs> so.
0: it was a good, it was a good scene. It I think it was. Moment.
1: It was necessary to show that Thanos could have been defeated, right? Like, he wasn't like invincible. invincible at that point, at least not at that point. So, I see that they had to do something. It's just you, you would hope. That they could have did it better because, again, for me, like, I wasn't really feeling the emotional gravity of the moment. It didn't really impact me. I wasn't like, oh, God, Star-Lord, you know, I feel your pain. I was just like, just get the glove off. Right. Yeah, yeah.
0: totally. It was like it should have been an emotional moment because, like, the yeah. Guardians are my favorite characters in this in this universe. I like Stormlord. Stormlord, hell yeah, dude! (laughs) Um, (laughs) Let's talk about Gamora, Thanos, and Gamora. I thought that was a it was a cool scene, and in theory, it worked for me, but it just. If didn't feel earned, you know, like I didn't buy that Thanos really, truly loved her. Right. Because it's like how like that seems kind of arbitrary because the whole thing is they go to this. uh, He's getting one of the last Infinity Stones and she's like, oh, finally, you've you've met your match. You've never loved anybody. He just looks at her and he like, you know, is very sad and it's like. I don't know if they, that that moment didn't feel earned to me like yeah
2: I think they needed to build some of that up in some of the previous movies and yeah. they
0: tried they tried in this movie with like the, the little girl Gamora stuff right. and like I get it like it's a lot to do in one movie but that moment it just didn't really resonate with me because it, it, they didn't do enough for me to be like oh my god this is it he does love her like this is the only one you yeah. know what I mean like
2: yeah maybe there could have been more Thanos in some of the Guardians movies to like flesh some of that out or get you like somewhat emotionally invested but to try and do it all in this movie just
1: felt a little too like forced
0: were you guys surprised when a red skull was there
1: i was <laughs> uh i hadn't seen the oh, is the, he from winter soldier
0: the first avenger oh that's first hugo Avengers.
2: weaving i heard it wasn't hugo weaving though
0: oh he didn't do the voice this time
2: well it either was wasn't his voice or like i don't know if they like mo-capped him or not but uh, i heard somewhere that it wasn't hugo weaving
0: oh they recast him or something yeah oh. well anyway yeah red skull because that was kind of what i was alluding to earlier when i said like you look at like this as like 10 years of movies like the first avenger was a long time ago and here they bring back this character who's just like oh i, I didn't really die and you're like oh yeah he didn't really die because he interacted with uh the tesseract which had an infinity stone in it mm. you know so it was like that those kind of small details is really cool
1: blue cube one the space stone hmm okay
0: that's why he was there. Um, but yeah, that how moment, did that
1: end up on on uh, uh, on Earth? No, no, no. With with Thor and his crew,
0: the Tesseract. Yeah, it happened in the Avengers. Didn't Loki? It, Loki got his oh. hands on the Tesseract, and then they got it from him at the end of the Avengers. Or- Loki
1: yoked
2: it. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, another major spoiler that I thought was a uh, kind of convenient and this is probably just maybe me thinking this but when they destroy visions stone i forget which one it is the yellow one the mind, the mind stone yeah and then like thanos is able to reverse time to basically like stop that from happening mm-hmm. i feel like there should be like an exception to the rule when it comes to these stones
1: where like mm. you like can't one re- stone isn't more powerful than the others or something
2: yeah like once you destroy a stone you shouldn't be able to like retroactively like undo that by another stone like I, I just feel like there should be like more power more like rules to specific stones to where like you can prevent that i think the time stone
1: is th- just kind of it seems cheap it's so like, cheap
2: it, for it's everything a,
0: it's a deus s machina yeah, yeah. I mean, they did the same thing in doctor strange yeah that exactly. was his stone you know? stupid
1: yeah
2: so that maybe just be me but i because that part i was like oh shit now thanos is fucked and he's like just kidding it was kind of
0: <laughs> cool though because for a moment, like I, I didn't know how this movie was going to end, like, all the way up until the very end. I was like, I don't know. Is he going to do it? Is he not going to do it? Because yeah. they previously had said this was going to be a two-part movie. Then they rolled it back and said, oh, they made it into one, which I think was just kind of a bait-and-switch. Because clearly... But that's,
2: like, this whole franchise is the bait-and-switch. Like, I when we, we talked initially about this movie, and we didn't talk much about it, but... He was like, "How'd you feel at the end?" And I was like, "Well, I was confused, if anything, because like I didn't really feel anything for him, because I knew at least like half these characters are gonna come back. Like, there's no way. Yeah. Like, as soon as I saw Black Panther disappear, I was like, mm-hmm. okay, what's going on here?' Like, I I don't, because Black Panther Two's already been announced. Black Panther made what a billion dollars or more. <laughs> there's no way they're gonna kill him in like within six months of you know the first one coming out and. So I was just I was more confused than like sad at the end.
0: Yeah, well, this is why I think I really like the ending if I if I don't think too hard about it because if you do really think about it, yeah, they have all these announced movies. There's a time stone. Why did they do that
2: though? Like, why did they announce movies?
0: I think I kind of bit them in the ass. Is it time. like
2: marketing reasons? Like they have to get the word out? have to, yeah. I like don't. I would just keep all that shit under wraps because, like, it's not like you need to really advertise a Marvel movie. Like, people know what's going on. And people who are invested know the release dates of everything. You know, they buy the tickets like as soon as they come out, they see it three times the opening weekend. Like, people are invested in these. Like, you don't need to tell me there's a Black Panther 2 three months after Black Panther comes out. Right. Because right. we're going to hear about it before it comes out so Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) people are though really invested in these characters i'm mildly invested in these characters so the ending of this movie like he does it like thor hits him with the with the axe and you think like oh they stopped him and then he makes that comment about you should have gone for the head or something and then he snaps and he does it and then you don't know like it, you, you realize what he did. You're like, oh my god, he did it. And then the characters just start dropping, and, you're, and then you're thinking, who, who's not gonna make it? Yeah. And like in the moment, I thought that was really interesting and ballsy of them. Yes, ultimately, I know they're gonna reverse it. Like in the next movie, what I think is gonna happen in the next movie is that probably Tony Stark is gonna die, Captain America is gonna die in the in like to trying like they're basically going to give their lives yeah trying to reverse this and they're going to bring everyone back but i didn't care i didn't really care about any of the deaths Mm. except i did get a little choked up for the spider-man one yeah, that was the Spider-Man best. Spider Man is I've said it before, he's my favorite Marvel character. I think this new iteration of Spider Man and Tom Holland is great. Yeah. He's fantastic. And he reacted just like a kid that yeah. age would react. He was scared. Like yeah. he he sold that moment so hard because they're trying to play it like a father son, like Tony Stark is his mentor and totally. that moment very much worked for me. That that choked me up a bit.
1: So when they reverse do you think they're going to bring back Gamora and Vision? Do you think they gonna go back that far?
0: Or Loki. I think they're all, I think, I think Vision's gone. I think Loki is gone. I think Gamora is gone. And uh, Heimdall, uh, Idris Elba's character.
1: Is, uh, is yeah. Vision supposed to be strong? I haven't seen him fight yeah. in any movies.
0: Yeah. He's supposed to be one of the strongest. But uh, early on in the movie, Marie gets stabbed and like, yeah. they've, uh, interrupted my phasing ability or whatever. That's why he, was, he didn't really... What does phasing do? Does he teleport or something? He can, like... I don't really remember. He was a big thing in Age of Ultron uh, and Civil War, I think. I don't really mm. remember what his powers look like because he didn't get to do anything in this movie. And it's been long enough since I've seen the other ones that I don't really recall... What he does, yeah. I
1: he just I've seems more Civil War. like an X Men character to me. Every time I see him, I'm like, he does. Why isn't this guy an X Men? He has an X Men vibe for sure. Yeah. If
0: they, can you imagine if they were able to get like the X Men in these movies? Like if they didn't have to deal with all the rights, because like the X Men play a huge part in the actual like Infinity Gauntlet yeah. comic book series. They've been able to. I mean, they did pretty well. They got I'm sure Man, they'll
2: figure out a way. Guys. I mean,
0: well, they are still in the process. Disney of has. 20th century, unlimited money, so. right? <laughs> um, but yeah, I I like the end, especially the very ending where you have like earlier Thanos mentioned like when this is all done, I just want to look at a sunset and just like whatever. To end it on that note, like mm. Thanos triumphant, beautiful sunset, yeah. like that was a pretty ballsy way to end a Marvel movie. Half yeah. the characters are dead. You have the the villain that you've been building up for ten years, like relaxing and watching the sunset and then cut to the credits. I think I mean?
2: the movie might work better on a rewatch just cause like there's so much going on in your head and on screen that like you can't really make sense of it all. But like now that like expectations have been leveled and like you've been able to sit with it a bit, like I might be able to like comprehend it better on a second viewing or just like be more okay with it. Um, but I do think it's really cool that Thanos is like so powerful that he can Basically, wipe out the universe with a snap of his fingers. Yeah. Like, it's kind of lame in a way, but it's also like really cool that someone has that much power that, like, just like the snap of his fingers, you know, is like doom, you know?
1: Yeah. I kind of wanted a slightly different ending. Like, I liked the whole sunset scene, but. I like my villains to be, like, deeply unsatisfiable, you know? Like, they just have a lust for whatever it is, and even when they think what they're trying to accomplish will satisfy them, it won't. So I wanted him to, like, kind of smile at the sunset, and then you just get a sense that he's not finished. They did do that. They did do that. Did they? Remember, as soon as he
0: he snapped his fingers and he kind of went into that portal, he went to that, like... Area where baby Gamora was there. And she was like... It looked like the Hobbit hut. (laughs) 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 She was like, did you do it? And then he was like, yeah. Was it worth it? And he said no. You don't remember that?
1: No, I don't remember him saying no. Yeah. Interesting.
0: Right? He said no or something like... Or no, or she said, what, what What? did it cost? And he said everything. Oh, yeah. maybe I, I think cost he everything. maybe he started crying or something. Like, I don't really remember. Yeah,
2: I did think that they were maybe trying to go for that. And I'd like to see it again just because like the last 15 minutes. I wasn't expecting the movie to end when That's
0: it did. That's what that whole scene was um, for me anyway. That's how I interpret it. Like, yeah,
1: but then he goes and sits down and smiles at the sunset afterward. You yeah.
0: Know? I mean, he did accomplish his goals.
1: I kind of suspect that he's going to be the one who reverses time to get Gamora back.
0: Yeah, I, I could definitely see them doing that, because they kind of, like, weirdly made him an empathetic character. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you don't think that, like, he has a noble—it's not a noble conquest by any means, but his his arc is, like, one of the most interesting in the movie. And Josh Brolin does a really good job voicing Thanos. Yeah, That was one of the coolest parts of the movie. Yeah, yeah, his Brolin's great.
2: But yeah, I don't know if they were touching on it or not, but it did almost seem like it was, like— the villain's lust for power, like he finally reached what he wanted, but he still wasn't maybe satisfied. Cause like, it's like the whole capitalism thing. Like you, the rich want to get richer and richer, but then like, that's not really going to like provide happiness for them. And so like at the end, was that him like thinking back, like, Oh, now that everyone's gone, is that like really what I wanted? And is that really the best thing? You know, it's like the whole like conflicted, like, Hmm. I don't know what I just did or my, like goal was actually like beneficial or not right right, but i don't really i'd I'd have to see it again because like i said i was like kind of confused and caught up in the moment of the ending um
1: but yeah yeah i got a couple other notes about this film one is that I did not like the giant Peter Dinklage.
0: That was so lame. I forgot Yeah, about it was that. lame. That was it just looked parts. dumb and it he was kind dumb. of like awkward. His voice was terrible too. He was trying to speak with like a deeper voice and it felt like he was- And like stand over people. A ter- <laughs> it was a terrible <laughs> performance. He was garbage. Like his character
2: movie. basically like leaned forward, but like didn't need to because he's like way taller than anyone that he's come in contact I, with.
1: Yeah. I was just like, this is kind of weird you know this is like an actual little person it's like a Hag- hagrid <laughs> and they call <laughs> him like, a,
0: call him a dwarf yeah he's, not, he's no one like he is not dwarfed by anybody like he's a It's like giant. oh so in, yeah. in
1: in space dwarves in uh in Thor's universe are actually giants
0: why not just call him just a giant? Like, yeah, I don't, I don't get Because then that seems it. kind of insensitive because you cast a, an actual dwarf to play uh, a giant. Like, uh, it's just don't have Peter Dinklage in the movie. It could yeah. be anybody. Yeah. He just felt, he just stuck out like a sore thumb. That whole,
2: like, part of the movie was kind of lame to me. I mean, other than, like, the outcome of yeah. Thor getting his sweet-ass axe. And Groot,
0: like, cutting yeah. off his arm. That was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah.
2: But besides that, like, any time spent on that planet or wherever they were, like... It wasn't boring. very
1: interesting. Yeah. Um, the other thing that bothered me is we just watched Thor Ragnarok. and We just watched all the work that went into saving all of the people, and then they're dead before the movie even starts. Mm-hmm. And it happens right after the movie. Like, they're flying away, and then all of a sudden they're attacked by a spaceship. And then you start the movie, and they're like, oh, they're all dead. So all of Thor Ragnarok meant zero.
0: Well, so there's also, with this whole Peter Dinklage thing, there's also, it it creates uh, an inconsistency because they go to the planet where Peter Dinklage's character is, right? Mm -hmm. And then Peter Dinklage is like, oh, Thanos came and he made us, he he made me create the Infinity Gauntlet for him. He told me he'd spare my people. And then as Mm -hmm. soon as I finished, he killed everyone, right? So he asks Thor, where were you? Where was Valhalla? And then he says... We were destroyed by whatever her name is um, uh, what's the actress's name Fuck. Kate, Kate Blanchett oh well we were we were attacked by Kate Blanchett and you know whatever. So that implies that these two events are happening simultaneously
3: yeah right
0: But Thanos gets the infinity gauntlet at the end of age of Ultron. Mm. that's the that's the uh, uh, like the credit scene he says like oh this will do and he puts on the infinity gauntlet Mm -hmm. that happened prior to the events of thor ragnarok and infinity war Mm -hmm. so it creates a timeline issue because then unless they were just floating
1: around in space for for forever before without actually showing it to us you know right
0: right because then the other thing is in thor ragnarok isn't there like a i can't remember what movie it happens in but there's like a fake infinity gauntlet what movie is this? And someone says like, oh, that's a fake. And then it's just like a, a an illusion or something. I think it was in Thor Ragnarok.
1: Don't ask me. But at
0: that point, it also hadn't been created yet.
1: Oh, one of the artifact things yeah. or something? Oh, interesting.
0: It's just the little, little inconsistencies like that. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I yeah, I just thought it was like... We had fun characters from Thor Ragnarok. Like, where is the... Uh, the rock guy? Huh? The, the rock, rock guy. guy. Where is Taika Waititi, you know?
0: Or... um. Uh, the, uh, Tessa Thompson's character yeah where's
1: Tessa Thompson they didn't show her at all
0: well and then also Hawkeye and Ant-Man aren't in this movie is that because do you think Ant-Man's Hawkeye, in it
2: you just didn't see him well they mentioned Clint's <laughs> and, oh, he's so small, he's so small. He's like, <laughs> he was there
0: the whole time <laughs> um, but they mentioned both of those characters by name they're under house arrest so is Hawkeye I'm guessing Hawkeye is going to be in an Ant-Man right because I, I would imagine that happens parallel to the events of this movie, because that's the next one coming up. Mm. I don't understand, like, wh- how do they expect us to give a shit about, about Ant-Man and yeah. the Wasp after this? Right. Like, after what just happened? like,
2: It's like uh, Solo. Like, who cares about Solo right now? We care about the next, you know, part of Last
1: Jedi. Right. I right. think Solo looks cool.
2: It does look cool, but... As as a star, we gotta, Wars save fan. This.
1: We gotta who, this is a second se- this is a separate section. Okay. <laughs> you so know what I mean though.
0: <laughs> we should we should wrap this up. But I do wanna talk about who lives and who dies. The surviving mm-hmm. characters, the original Avengers. Mm-hmm it's a little obvious you know like convenient. oh they back to basics all of the original avengers are, are still there they kind of do the bait and switch with tony stark which yeah. i think i said previously like I, I thought for sure tony stark was gonna die in this movie and i did Well, there's been rumors killed.
2: of him like getting killed off in it because he, so. he doesn't
0: want to he doesn't want to do these movies anymore yeah that's been he's been saying that for years so when when he got stabbed I thought like, oh, this is it. They're gonna kill Tony Stark, and then the fact that they didn't, and he's still alive at the end of the movie—that was interesting. I thought that played yeah. with expectations well. But I mean, you got Captain America, Tony Stark, Bruce Banner, uh, Black Widow, Hawkeye. How could like, you
2: be sick of doing these movies, though, man? That sweet he cheddar. Makes so
0: much money, <laughs> Jesus.
2: Why not, man?
0: Yeah, um, but
2: <laughs> I don't know. You're
1: phoning it in at this point. Seriously, for like twenty mil. <laughs> Yeah, he's hardly hardly in this movie. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I thought that they like going back to Spider Man's death. That felt like they actually put a little bit of time into that. Black Panther, he just he doesn't do anything. He just disappears, and it's like, oh, there goes Black Panther. You know? Like, yeah
2: that that was that one was probably the most shocking to me, just because like they
0: spent zero time on it. It was just like, oh, yeah, they Black just Panther. cut to him, and
2: it's like disappear. Peace out right and, and it's like, wait, what? Like, no, that's. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when Groot died, I got you know, I didn't get choked up like I did with Spider Man, but I was like, "Oh, well, I like Groot," you know, because Ra- Rocket Raccoon he's, he's watches dick, him die. This
2: movie, dude, Groot? all cares about. I don't like Team Groot. No, it's lame. It's yeah. like so obvious what they're trying to do, and it's just not funny or interesting. It's the
0: jokes are too easy. Like Baby Groot was kind of cute. Baby yeah. Groot was cool. Yeah, but OG Groot, was
2: awesome. The the whole movie, he was basically just playing his portable gaming device. Like, yeah. Do something else for mm. humor. Like they just kept going back to it until like he had his like substantial moments.
0: Totally, all the guardians are gone except for Rocket. Um, who else? Who else died? Uh, Scarlet Witch is gone. Vision got killed. I think he's he's done. Mm. Though, Dude, but.
2: the the voice that Bradley Cooper does for Rocket is awesome. And like I like just like think about like I don't know how Bradley Cooper does it because it I doesn't sound like Bradley Cooper, no. but no. like. He does such a good job, like, creating a different voice for a character rather than just, like, being himself. Because, like, Josh Brolin sounds exactly like Josh Brolin. But, like, Rocket Raccoon doesn't sound like Bradley Cooper at all. I mean, you can, like, kind of tell. But, I don't know. It's just, it's cool to me that to see someone, like, stretch that far, I guess. Him and Vin Diesel? Yeah, right? <laughs> they got the same voice, Coach. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Um, there's probably a lot more we could talk about, but I mean, uh, I don't want to spend too much time on this. Did we want to talk no. about
2: any of the action sequences in detail? Besides oh, I the- had,
1: yeah, this is sort of what you're talking about. Okay. I feel like they either missed something or they're like planned the long, the long con on this, but I thought we got a foreshadowing of how to get the glove off in like the first 10 minutes of this movie. Um, oh, and we haven't talked about, um, thanos's minions who i thought were mostly cool squidward i loved squidward i thought he was cool <laughs> his powers was, uh, were cool
2: except the way he died or did he die yeah we're i mean we're at least to believe he's yeah, dead or I, gone but there were so many deaths in this movie for how movie powerful that they just, he like, is it just seems like kind of flippant
0: oh no they going did. out
2: into space would like cause him to die you know what i mean yeah because he's pretty powerful i yeah, mean but
0: why wouldn't that kill him i mean it's a vacuum.
2: I don't know. I, these characters can do whatever the fuck they want.
0: That was pretty. Like all of the the, the Spider-Man. Have you like, ever seen pop Aliens? Yeah. And then Tony yeah. Stark is like, cut it out with the pop culture <laughs> references, dude. But yeah, the Aliens thing that was pretty funny. Yeah. Spider-Man was the best part of this movie. Let's just say he's the best Marvel character. Tom Holland oh, fucking yeah. rules. Spider-Man: Homecoming, second best Marvel movie ever. Um, Get fucked everyone else. No, well, Thor is up there. I like Spider-Man more than Thor, but Thor's.
2: I would say. There. Spider-Man Homecoming is probably in the top 3.
0: It's I I made a a ranked list on on Letterboxd. I got Guardians 1 at the top, Spider-Man Homecoming number 2. And three? I think Thor: Ragnarok, right, might be 3. Yeah. yeah. And then I think Infinity War is right below.
1: Yeah. Thor: Ragnarok. Um anyway, uh they send that one of the minions to the snow planet. Portal closes. His arm falls off. Come on, <clears throat> yeah. Come on. That's easy. Oh, right. Like that's how you get the glove off. Oh yeah, that's true. Why are um, they not doing this? Because it's a movie, man. They well, well then the why do they show us? Then why do they show us that that could happen, right? Instantly, <laughs> yeah. like, oh okay. Yeah, it was even the left arm. I'm pretty sure Doctor
0: Strange was there. Yeah, I mean, He's they totally there. Him, like, it takes just... him, like two seconds. Whoop! Portal. I didn't even think about.
2: Yeah, that. I didn't think about that either. But can we all agree that Doctor Strange is badass? Yeah, all the things he does with his magic. Yeah, because yeah, like. Dope. You look at Doctor Strange and you think, man, he's kind of lame. But like his powers are awesome. And like thinking back to like the standalone movies, like some of the stuff in Doctor Strange is probably cooler than any of the movies. Yeah, like that super trippy, like acidy-looking, like space sequence, and then the Inception, yeah, like that stuff's super cool. And I love just like how he's like opening the portals and when he made himself like thirty different Doctor Strange. Yeah, even though he got like. Like he got fucked shortly after that, but he was still cool.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's for sure one of the 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 coolest, especially visually. His magic just looks so cool. Yeah, like people, I don't really know why. I feel like people don't really talk about the Doctor Strange movie very much, but I think it's one of the best ones.
2: Yeah, I agree.
0: Um, Okay, do we want to wrap this up? Anything else we want to get into? Because we could, I mean, we could get even more specific, but I think we we've kind of touched on the big stuff. I'm trying to think.
1: I had one other thing, which is my problem with the big battle
0: mm-hmm.
1: is uh, it's a small nitpicky thing, but they have like this whole army of these weird uh, creatures. Mm-hmm. Just show that to us before the big battle. They
0: did. Just show They're it to from us Avengers.
1: Time. Are they really? Yeah. They're from a quiet place. Oh, no. <laughs> I guess I'm just not, that's not big enough have, a fan. That's
0: what they fought in the Avengers. Okay. Never right? mind. I'm that. not wrong. Right.
2: I thought they were slightly different in Avengers.
0: Maybe slightly, but they I mean, were more
2: spacey than like...
0: Like, hounds, yeah. alien things.
2: Yeah, they look yeah. like
1: dog alien type yeah. things.
0: But, yeah, I mean, we do, or at least introduced to a, ver- a variation of them in the Avengers. That's okay. the big battle in New York City. I had
1: just never seen them before, and I was like, what the fuck are these guys? Yeah, like I, Okay, they just suddenly have a giant... I mean, I assumed he had a giant army, because he's going from planet to planet, but I'm pretty sure when they show, like, the flashback scenes, it was just, like, humanoid kind of lackeys that were going around and doing his stuff. Oh. I... Wa- Go Sorry. No, go ahead.
0: One one of my favorite scenes was um, when they go to uh, where the collector is, Benicio del Toro, mm. and Thanos uses the the Reality Stone to basically like it's already been destroyed, but they think that Benicio, the collector, is still there, and uh, uh, Star Lord is like gonna kill gamora and then he shoots the gun and it just bubbles Mm -hmm. and then the whole reality fades away and you realize he's already been there and it's already too late that was that was cool yeah that was cool and
2: then uh i'm totally blanking on their names drax and uh what's her mantis yeah how they like Mm -hmm. spiraled yeah like well yeah like drax is like they were like uh, like uh dissolves into like blocks and then mantis dissolves into like strings yeah yeah that was kind of neat yeah
0: um speaking of drax did you guys think this moment was funny i did but some people don't want him eating he says he's like imperceptible <laughs> like my movement
1: speed is so oh slow. my god, god it was the see. best <laughs> he's like how long have you been there an hour yeah an hour? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, then he, and then mantis shows up and she's like hi drax and he's like damn it <laughs> <laughs>
2: I will say um, <laughs> one character I wish there was more of in this franchise is War Machine because he's fucking badass. Dude. Like, Don, Don C- Cheadle is lame as hell, but in the actual Don War Machine costume, like, doing I cool I do stuff, like when he
1: drops those bombs off his back. Yeah. That and the cool.
2: fire in this movie looks really good. I feel like CG fire sometimes, like, looks like garbage or, like, too wavy, yeah. but the fire in this looked pretty realistic
0: Don Cheadle is looking haggard as fuck yeah dude days. he looks like he's he aged
2: looks, like 10 years he looks <laughs> like he has AIDS two? or something he's
0: like, <laughs> like super gaunt and like dude what's been going on in your life homeboy he's
2: not drinking enough rolling rock
0: <laughs> this episode is sponsored by rolling, rock. <laughs> rolling.
2: speaking of man this rolling. is going to be a
1: a beery episode
0: <laughs> it, it comes from the mountain springs to you aka oh, yeah, me
1: all right, let's move off of uh, Infinity War.
0: Okay. Um
1: I'm ready. Still four up, still four stars?
0: Yes. Pretty it was it's pretty good. Like it's a lot happens. Oh, one last thing I will say. I was worried that this was going to be like Age of Ultron where it's just all plot, way too much is happening, it's confusing. I thought like there's the a pacing, good mix of plot and action. The pacing was pretty good in this movie. Like there were some moments where it kind of takes its time and there's some emotional stuff, you know. Like it wasn't this is a much more coherent and well put together movie than Age of Ultron, which I think is one of the weakest movies in this whole franchise. Yeah. Anyway.
2: Um, not that I want to start comparing this to other movies, but I'm going to. So two last things. I saw this at Pacific Science Center. This was shot 100% IMAX, but using a digital IMAX camera.
0: Dunkirk Def- best yeah, movie. Ever exactly. Made. Yeah. Dunkirk looks way comics.
2: better. And but I think the reason for that is because obviously Dunkirk was all, like all like practical effects, like all real.
0: It was on film, too. Yeah. And it's got that grit, you know. Right.
2: And it's definitely not trying to be as ambitious as as far as like what's going on on the screen. I mean, there's so much going on on in Infinity War. Oh, and I will say some of the action sequences when it was like Too close or too quick looked pretty bad.
0: I don't think this movie looked great. It
2: looked a little murky at times.
0: Yeah, and it just... I don't know. It's like... There was moments... Like, some of the cosmic stuff looked pretty cool, but... It just doesn't look... It doesn't have a really good visual style. I mean, none of the Marvel movies really do, with the exception of the Guardians movies. And Doctor Strange looks pretty good, but... um, Yeah, it just kind of Some of it's kind of ugly. Like so, It's impressive as far as the CG. but
2: So gun to your head, you can have one franchise going forward, Star Wars or Marvel. Go. Star Wars, for sure. Star Wars. It's not even close. Okay, good. We're all on the same page here.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude, poor Star Wars. Hey,
2: we, I mean, other people would go the other way. So. I, know, I would say most there. people would go the other way.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. Would pick Marvel over Star Wars? <laughs> mm-hmm. No way. Give me give me a solo movie. Give me a fucking Jar Jar Binks movie. Like, I'll take it oh, all. yeah, like, dude. Jar Jar Binks
3: movie.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I Come think, on, a strange comedy? We can why do it, so like, many for people love the Marvel movies is because they don't necessarily need to love all of Marvel. They just have their one character that they're just obsessed with. Like, whether it's Spider-Man... Or fucking, I don't know who loves Vision the most, but somebody out there is like, I love Vision. No one loves Vision. <laughs> how
0: did um, how did people react in your screenings at the end of this movie? Because there were like, it, it was amazed. They dead were all silent. They Their were all, minds were blown. Yeah, it was like oh my god. See, See,
1: that's what I don't get about the audience. How is your mind blown? I totally saw this as these like a pop- 50% pop uh, like chance of happening. Yeah.
0: I mean, these are these are popcorn movies. I mean, people don't like these are you can turn your brain off. People like the Marvel movies for that. So you can just go in and they think like, "Oh my god, they killed everyone. That's crazy. What are how what could they possibly do next?" Whereas we we're like, I mean, f- clearly they're going to do, you know, like maybe they'll Uh, people
2: living in the real world
0: maybe they'll do something (laughs) that uh defies our expectations but i mean people were like there were gasps there was like
1: oh i have a story about my experience that really pissed me off (laughs) oh i want to hear it (laughs) okay so the theater is fucking packed right (laughs) yeah Uh, i went to northgate it's a big theater yeah and there's a ton of showings for this and i went on like probably every uh, half hour i went on like a monday (laughs) night or something which I guess was right after opening weekend, so it's still booming. But anyway, I get one of the seats that is up in the back. It was either like in the middle of a row, just a single seat surrounded by strangers, or it was like one of the top back seats where you normally need to sit next to somebody who's handicapped. It's like they're like a handicapped seat and then a companion. And I was like, well, can I have that one? He said, yeah, I mean, I can sell it now because the movie's starting in like two minutes. So, yes. Uh, so I get my ticket. And I'm walking up and I see these two girls sitting in what I was guessing were my seats. And they're kind of like looking at me and talking to each other. And then I get up there and I was in uh, like the numbers are slightly askew. So I I was I counted the number of seats and I was like, maybe that's not mine. Right. Because there's a space in between. I guess they count that as an invisible number. Did you go to the wrong showing again? No, no, I didn't. So I go to the other side. I walk all the way back down. I go to the other side and look up, assuming to see more handicap seats. There weren't any. So I come back, and I can clearly tell they're saying to each other, oh, he's coming back or something. like, okay, here we go. So I go all the way up to the top, and there's two other seats, like uh, the same situation, like handicap and companion that are empty, and then these two girls. And I'm like, hey – Uh, you know, is that seat number whatever? And they're like, Oh, we don't even, uh, I don't even know what seat this is. Uh, These are our seats and uh, all this shit. And they're like, I don't think anybody's sitting there. And I'm like, okay. And then I turn around and there's a couple coming up, (laughs) coming up the stairs. And then they sit down there and, and, uh, uh, I was like, "Oh, are these your seats?" And they're like, "Yep, we're sitting here." And I was like, "Okay, so I turned back to these girls and I'm like, "So, are you in my seat or what's going on?" They're like, "Oh, I don't know." But you know what? You have to be handicapped to buy those to buy those seats. So, I'm pretty sure they didn't even pay for those tickets. And I'm like, "Are you fucking are you fucking kidding me right now? Like, get the fuck out of my seat." Yeah. So, I was like, "Well, maybe you should talk to them because like you're not handicapped either, motherfucker. Right. So, <laughs> wait, were they they telling you how those seats worked? Huh? Were they telling you how those handicapped seats worked or no? Yeah, yeah. They were. Well, they were basically telling me like, if you, they won't sell it to you if you're not handicapped. Do right? Do you know it's what like, a
0: handicapped like, well, person is, sir? Like, an, the like one?
1: neither of you are handicapped. So by definition, you did not pay for these seats so anyway. What was the end result? The end result was did they, they got they got up and <laughs> they like. You know, shamefacedly walked down to some other empty seats and sat down there. They suck. And I watched the movie. They got kicked out of like three different seats. But they watched the whole movie... They found their spot where people didn't show up. Musical chairs. Musical chairs did. I was like, I don't care. Like, I'm not going to be a stickler if somebody sneaks into a movie. Like, whatever. Everybody's But don't sneak into Infinity War. And don't embarrass me by making me, like, go through a whole rigmarole to prove that you're in my seat. Make me, like, second guess myself. Try and convince me to challenge some other people who are just trying to watch a fucking movie. Whether or not they bought their tickets. Yeah.
0: It's like they should deal cut, with that, not
1: you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And the whole thing was like so annoying too because the first two rows or three rows, completely empty. Like they could have sat there, no problem. They wouldn't have had to deal with anything. They wouldn't have had to fuck with some stranger. As they uh, should. I was so pissed. <laughs> I was just like, get the fuck out of here, you stupid teenagers. Did you see it by yourself or with someone? No, I had it by myself. It Solo. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I had like my jacket in the other seat. Ooh. I was spreading out. I had my ice cold Coca Cola. Oh, it was geez, great.
0: Uh, I saw this movie with Paris, and she had to pee like thirty minutes into it. But she was like, "I can't, I can't miss a single second. So by what? the end, like, oh, we didn't talk the end. We didn't talk about the the post credit oh, thing. Did you guys? Do you know what that was?
2: Yeah, well, no, I didn't know like watching it, you but gotta I looked it up. So did I. Someone yeah. told me. I
1: don't me. know what it is. Uh, he was nerds. paging
0: Captain Marvel. <laughs> mm. Which Brie Larson. Brie Larson. Oh, okay. Her movie is coming out like next spring, I think, because Infinity War Part Two is next summer. So Captain Marvel, it's set in the 90s. It's going to come out next year. Mm-hmm. But he was paging Captain Marvel. So clearly she's going to be at least, maybe not solely responsible for fixing the situation, but she's at least going to play a big part in defeating
1: them. She's pretty powerful too, yes. right? Yes, very powerful. Well, I really like Brie Larson, so that's cool. Yeah, yeah she's great. But... Um, Okay, so that that puts more weight on that stinger because I really had to pee. And I texted you guys. I was like, is there a stinger that oh. I have to wait for? Because it was taking so long. I thought you
2: were just casually asking that. I didn't know. I was like, in the moment, I
1: was like, I want to leave right now. And then it was just like a silly <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson hey, pro tip, thing. there's a website like that'll tell you.
2: Really? It's like mediastinger.com or something like that. Just type oh. in like whatever movie you're seeing, stinger, and then that website will tell you if there is one or not. It'll mm. even tell only- you what it is if you don't want to stay. So
0: at least there was only one. one yeah. Although they did put it at the. Very I hate
2: that. End. I'm so. I mean, I'm probably not alone, but I'm so sick of the Stanley cameos, and I'm so sick of the posts credit sequences
0: it's getting tiresome like Like, there have been we get it
2: that's your thing but like let's move on maybe like
0: yeah i mean stanley he's gonna he's gonna die soon
2: yeah but it's just such and people who still laugh at them i'm just like are you an idiot like you know what's coming it's not funny it's just like it's there. There have
1: it, been a couple good ones. Yeah,
2: but it, you know what I mean. It's very like
1: lowbrow, just like one? throwaway type bullshit. They gave yeah. Thor his haircut. Amazing. Oh, God. <laughs> no. Yeah, Don't but this one it.
0: was lame. He was just the bus driver. Yeah. Like, you guys
2: you ever seen a, what did he say? You guys never seen a spaceship before or something yeah, like that? Yeah, something like that. It was
0: lame. All right, we're done. Okay. No more Avengers Infinity War All talk.
2: right, I'm going to go get another Rolling Rock. Do you so, guys want
0: one? Uh yes. So um, we good. are going to be talking about you were never really here. Mm. We have another clip. Let's listen in.
1: 235 East 31st Street. That's what the text said. You have kids, Joe? Nina. Her name is Nina. I've heard of these places. (sighs) Underage girls. Senator, if she's there,
3: I'll get her.
0: All right, You Were Never Really Here is the new film from Lynn Ramsey, uh, writer and director of We Need to Talk About Kevin, who has come up on the show before. Uh, I think I, I went off on it last time. Didn't I say we don't need to talk about Kevin anymore or something?
2: Yeah, and you have a problem with one scene in particular. I have a
0: problem with Ezra Miller because he's the fucking worst. Anyway, he's not in this movie, so we're good there. Um, Plot synopsis reads, A traumatized veteran, unafraid of violence, tracks down missing girls for a living. When a job spins out of control, Joe's nightmares overtake him as a conspiracy is uncovered, leading to what may be his death trip, or his awakening film stars, Joaquin Phoenix and other people. Oh, All right. Impressions. You were never really here. Let's do it. Travis, uh-huh. this was your, you have said your yeah, most anticipated film of the year. So
2: I've seen this movie twice. I read the novella and it took the second watch, but I fucking love this movie. <laughs> um, it's, it's mainly just like a character study and it's very much like a visual movie. Um, there's not a ton of dialogue or the plot is very simple. And on the first viewing, it was slightly confusing just because I think you said this, Matt, it was, it's kind of like unfocused. Um, but like, it was just hard to make out what was all going on and what she was trying to do. But on a rewatch, I loved it. Like, just like the, The visual cues of like him not really like being there um like there's i don't know this i don't know if this is necessarily a spoiler i won't say the the final thing but like um at the is it at the airport or like train station or something where he's getting a drink of water and then it like pans to someone else who's like sees the fountain like still going but Mm. um, there's no one there like drinking water but it's
0: Oh yeah. Supposed right, to be right, him.
2: Right. And then there's another scene where he's walking on like an overpass and a bus passes by and then as soon as the bus passes by, like, he disappears, mm. but like he would still be in the frame if it was like a conventional type thing. Oh, I didn't really I didn't really register those scenes for what there was at least were. like three of those where it's like visually portraying like he's not actually there but he, he is. And this whole what movie's about <laughs>
0: well he's it's just not like living in the moment he's just kind <laughs> of like passing he's just a passenger you know? i
2: think it's like a like an exploration of like people who suffer from ptsd yeah. and how we don't really do anything for them and like it, that really like i think shines in the final moments of the movie mm-hmm. like i think that was like expertly done but just like how we pay more attention to other illnesses and other things um in society that are problems but like People who suffer from PTSD kind of take a backseat and it's usually like homeless people or, but I mean, he looks homeless, but he, he has a profession. Um,
1: <laughs> That's one <laughs> way to put to it. A, to
0: <laughs> a, to <laughs> a, an extent, yeah. Sure. He has a home. <laughs> <laughs> it's his mom's home, but oh no, he has his own place. He has his own place. Never mind.
1: Well, yeah, he lives with his mom.
0: No, he has his own place.
1: I think, yeah, I was confused I about that. I couldn't tell if right? he went to his own home or if he went to his uh-uh. mother's home.
0: There's two different locations. Yeah, there's
1: two different. It's, it's just not a, just his mom. When he though. walks in where the coffee's brewing, there's that orange sliced. I'm pretty sure that's his place.
0: I
2: thought that was... No, that was his buddy's place. I've seen it twice. It's oh.
1: his, it's it was his, his buddy? it's buddy's See, place.
0: It's a little unclear. Right, yeah, it
2: is. But um no, he lives with his mom. In, he wouldn't have an orange. You're right. There's <laughs> no way
1: he would own an orange.
2: Um But yeah, I, I liked how it was like a little different than a lot of the movies that I love, like drive, for example, I feel like they kind of like romanticize the violence in that movie. And this one, like you don't really get to see the violence in it. You basically just get a deal with the aftermath of the violence through this character and like how he deals with it. And like, there's flashbacks in this movie that are very like confusing or not really like explored. And you kind of just have to like fill in the pieces, but that's just all like, leading into his trauma and what he's dealing with. So it just really tries to get you in his headspace, like what he's dealing with and how he like lashes out violence almost to like, cause that's like really all he knows. Cause that's like all he was like brought up with. And it's basically like, he's trying to do something good for people who have suffered. Cause he's also suffered, but like, in like a brutal fashion.
0: Right. He's almost like a, like an antihero. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like his, his, his cause is noble. He's trying to save these girls who have been, you know, abused and abducted. But at the same time, like his methods are fucked. You yeah. Know what I mean, like there's some moments in this movie that are pretty startling.
1: Yeah. And violent. You know what I mean? Yeah. This whole movie is very difficult to experience the sound in particular like the sound mixing and the score are mm-hmm. really abrasive really like the music is cool mm-hmm. music is cool yeah it's very like
2: varied too like there's like mm-hmm. electronic stuff there's like the electronic stuff is the is the
1: shit hell,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially like the opening scene where he's like in the taxi cab and that like kind of synthy stuff that's yeah, like, yeah. opening them oh
1: so but dead. um yeah. Kind of like what you're talking about. Like it's, it's the, the people who are overlooked, you know, like he yeah. goes to the bus station, he sees like a battered woman, right. And, or an old man who like looks anorexic or something. That's the type of thing that he just sees all around him. And you have to experience that. And um, it's an unpleasant place to spend your time. But by the middle of the film, like I was feeling more empathy for Joaquin's character who at first is like really unpleasant and really difficult to spend time with than I expected. Um, especially particularly, I don't, I don't want to spoil it, but there's one scene, you know, about two thirds of the way through the movie that was really uh, touching. Does it involve handholding? No, <laughs> okay. that's not the one I'm thinking of, but we'll, we'll just get to it. Yeah, in, Okay. In, yeah, that was, if, we, if we do a spoiler section,
0: um, Joaquin's performance in this, though, is like he's he's really good. I mean, he always yeah. like commits to his roles, especially nowadays. Yeah. Someone there have been reviews that have said like, Joaquin Phoenix was born to play this role. Uh, excuse me, he was born to play Freddie Quill in The Master. Still, his finest performance. He was born
1: to play every role. He he is always someone on the edge. Like yeah. all of
0: his roles, he's like there's th- this like manic. Uh, quality to to him just like as a person and as an actor he just has this yeah. edge like
2: yeah he, he I don't know how he gets well through it. to his roles um
1: like, how, what, I wonder what people think about working with him. I would love to be in the mind of, like, a couple directors who have worked with him to be, yeah.
0: like... I haven't he, heard any, like... that. he's, like, a prima donna or anything. No, I, I haven't either,
1: but just, like, I don't know. Would you be... I'd be, like, scared of him. He's terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> when well, he doesn't,
2: like... I feel like he doesn't really do much press or, like, put himself out there. I mean, he did that whole, like, ploy with... I'm not Casey Affleck. I'm not there or whatever. But besides that, like
0: Or I'm still here.
1: Yeah,
2: he like stays in the shadows for the most part. I mean, kinda like this. He went on fresh here, air but-
1: <laughs> a couple years ago and it was miserable.
2: He did do um the treatment recently with <laughs> Elvis Mitchell and Lynn Ramsey. Like they all three talked mm-hmm. like for a half hour about this movie. But like in the last like five years or so, I don't feel like he's really like popped up on any podcast for publicity. Plebis- pleb- Publicity. Besides a, this movie,
0: I get the impression he's a very private, very private yeah. man. Mm-hmm. I, I, I haven't seen many interviews with him. You know, like I think he just he doesn't really do the publicity circuit like fucking Chris Pratt and Chris Hemsworth and Chris Evans and you know right. just like out there like smiling pretty and like joshing each other. You know, that's not really his vibe. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but anyway, getting back to the movie itself, um, I really liked. The movie is all about like atmosphere and character. You know, it's all about like these really interesting visual, uh, like almost kind of experimental. Like, there's a scene where, like, an underwater scene. I'll say beautiful that is like gorgeous, <laughs> like probably shot of the year so far. Like, it looks so good, and it's like dark too, because mm-hmm. like I won't give away you know like that scene, but like it's
1: that's the moment I was dark. talking about the that whole.
0: That's what you were talking about. The
1: build-up to that and then that scene. Yes. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that was really good. Um, And uh, there's also, like, surprises. Like, it's a very simple plot, but, like, when it goes sideways, like, that surprised me. Like, it was very shocking. Yeah. Um, Well,
2: like, you're almost just as confused as he is, because at one point he's just like, what the fuck's going on? mm -hmm. Like, this is not according to plan, and then things just kind of get out of hand, but...
0: So, you had meant I've only seen this once, so I, I love this movie, but it was just kind of like the way it's edited, it's very unconventional. I mean, the way that the flashbacks are worked in it can be kind of confusing, but even on a first watch, like there's just some movies where you just know, like, maybe I didn't quite get everything that this movie was trying to do, but I know there's enough here and it affected me in such a way that I know, like, this is a fantastic movie. On a rewatch, I think, like you said, there'll be things that I can pick up on that'll really like bring everything together. Yeah. But even on a first watch, like I might not have like followed the whole thing, but now that I know what I'm getting into, because the first time you watch a movie, you're you're you don't know the story. So you're watching it trying to follow the story and point A to point B, what's happening. Now that I kind of know what the journey is, I can pay attention to other things and kind of get into Yes, this movie is very moody. Yes, it's trying to explore a theme. What are those themes? Like on a very broad level, I get what the movie is trying to do, but I think yeah. it's, it's very it's very rich. You know, yeah. she has a very uh, uh, deft hand as far as like her direct her directing style. Um,
2: very confident though like I mean because totally. like the the flashbacks they're literally like flashes. there's never like any spoken word in the movie about them no
0: context it's just you're in it yeah you're no,
2: not um, you never get a full like flashback sequence like something mm-hmm. in like win River you get that entire flashback from like start to finish yeah. but these are like literally like few second glimpses yeah. and you're just supposed to like kind of
1: figure it out on your own. They're kind of um, asymmetrical too the way that you experience it. Um, which
0: because he's triggered, it's and... really
1: jarring, you know. You sometimes it's one flashback, sometimes it's a different flashback, sometimes it's a combination of both, yeah. And you don't nef- necessarily know when to expect them, you know. Like, uh, like I've I, I brought this up a couple times on the show, but uh, like it comes at night, right? You know, when something's about to go a little weird because the kid gets out of bed, and you're like, okay, but <laughs> well, they, they it's don't, a motif, you it don't have you the knowledge. same expectation uh with the i mean there there are times i guess we get a little hint that he's something weird's about to happen but it's it didn't have the same pattern that i was able to like expect every time yeah yeah
0: that's that's an interesting interesting insight i didn't think of it i also
2: like how his like profession or whatever he's like very calculated and he obviously knows his shit but like it's never like almost like it's not really like in a boastful way or like in a show-offy way like the way he like wields his hammer is like kind of chaotic and like
0: he's not john wick no yeah yeah (laughs) their whole
1: operation seems pretty slipshod to me yeah like the guy's got a fucking rolodex like that is not how you do this kind of work right that like the the idea that they have not been like traced back to before to me is like okay right (laughs) really well and you do get a little more backstory about the
2: character in the novella because I mean obviously it's text, so like they can shed a little light on that kind of stuff. But like, um, they make a point in the book that he like avoids elevators at all costs because they're like basically like they're traps. So like if you notice in the movie he takes the stairs like pretty much any time he can. Mm. Um, but he's just like very like calculated about how he like handles his work. Like it's very like deliberate yeah i mean like he's he has like a ton of experience i mean he was like an fbi like he was part of the fbi he was like a some sort of like military expert or something and so like he has like a set of skills but it's never in like a like i was trying to say earlier like in a show-offy way but like you know he's like a badass but it's not like
0: Like Ethan Hunt in Mission Impossible, or like like what you think of as like a movie badass. Yeah, because
2: I mean, the way he uses his hammer, it's cool and all, but it's not like ever to like show off. It's just like he's trying to take these guys down to like save these little girls.
1: Well, and he also doesn't really seem like he has a plan. It's like, oh, I'm at the hardware store and I look over and I'm like, ooh. That could be good. You know, I'll take this one. Like and then he pulls up in front of the place and he's like just waiting for his opportunity. But, you know, they're not doing like an x-ray scan of the house with heat sensors to figure out how many people are in there. Right. It's just like how many people are in there. You are you do- lying to me? Okay, great. Here we go. It's two, you know. You don't have
0: a scene where they're at a table with a blueprint of the building and it's all exposition. It's like, okay, here's what we're going to do. At three (laughs) o'clock, the security guard takes his bathroom break. This is You know, just like, he was just scoping out the place. And I look
1: in this room, okay. And then I look in this room, all right. And then in this (laughs) one, oh my God. But he's still calculated with what he's doing. In a
0: more grounded way, for sure, yeah. Because, like,
2: he waits for the perfect opportunity to, like, grab that guy. And, like, he basically, like... Muscles that guy into giving him his information, and he's like very deliberate. He's like, If you don't give me this information, I will fucking hurt you. But if you do, like, this is all I need from you, so like, this is all I need, so I'm gonna go in now. But like, he knows basically like the location of the villains, but like, maybe he doesn't necessarily have his plan of how he's gonna take them out. Yeah, like, just once he's in the moment, he's like, Of course, I mean, and he's so like aggressive and just like such a brute force that. Of course, he's just gonna fucking waste these guys, but it's never in like a like a superhero or like heroic way. It's just like kind of like maniacal or like chaotic.
0: Yeah, and he doesn't. He never feels like invincible by any means. Like yeah, he, there are a couple times where he, he could have gotten fucked up. Like he could have been killed multiple times. Like it, it, it was got hairy there a couple he's times. He's a you know?
1: very just his character he's a masochist he's suicidal (laughs) he's insane yeah (laughs) completely insane he feels like he's you know on the brink of losing it at all moments but that's
0: that's almost what makes it more interesting because he you do empathize with him because at the end of the day like he is trying to do good you know and he is kind to the people who are important to him, you know. Like you, you, you see the, the the sense of loss when things happen to him, you know. Like you can see the trauma. Like he wears it on his face and on his body, his scars, his eyes. Like he just his like, weird hunched
1: shoulder. Yeah,
0: he just had he like the physicality of this performance. Is he's just always
1: like, Joaquin and his physicality. He's well, and he's he's, he's very oh, yeah. like selfless.
2: Like everything he does is to serve someone else. Like he's he's never worried about what's going on with himself. Like he's always like either trying to care for his mom or like save these girls. And like, it kind of touches on like, it doesn't really like do it explicitly, but like he doesn't sleep the entire movie and the movie plays out for like probably like a 24 hour period or so. And like, I think that leads into the whole scene of him driving where he's like, losing consciousness and trying to like fall in and out of sleep like I,
0: th- I think it takes place over like maybe three or four days because he spends multiple yeah. days surveilling the place yeah which makes sense why he's like kind of delirious and he can't drive because he's just so manic and all this crazy shit just happened that scene
1: where he can't get that pill in his mouth i was just like oh my god what is going on he's just like pokes it in with his yeah. finger but
2: i mean he never really does anything for himself in that movie and you kind of just get the like feeling that he's just like here to like Basically, like, serve people who have suffered like him in his past.
0: I don't think he's completely selfless. Because early on in the movie, there's a scene where he finds out, like, some kid saw him on a job and he, like, cuts off his relationship with that guy in that store because he didn't want to jeopardize, like, his business or something. But that's, like,
2: to protect him and, I think, his family, like, his mom. Because, like, if if people know where his, he lives and where his mom lives, if things go bad, they're going to go after him and they may go after his mom in order to get to him. So like, he's very just like private. And that's why I think they use the Rolodex because like, like, I don't know if he uses any phones in the movie. I can't recall, but if he does, they're like burner phones and he doesn't like, like, or he he's uses pay, pay phones. phones, yeah. Pay phones yeah. yeah. Like he's very like private and doesn't want anyone to know basically what he's doing. Like right. he, he's just like mm-hmm. a shadow almost. So, I'll tell you what I didn't love
1: about this movie.
2: Do we want to get into spoilers?
1: I don't
0: think we need to.
2: No. Okay. I do kind of want to talk about the final sequence, though.
1: Yeah, that's worth talking about. <laughs> I think
0: we can do we can do a brief one. Yeah. Okay. Well, Tom, what were you going to
1: say? So, okay. How it's been a while since I've seen Taxi Driver. How similar is the relationship between the two characters from movie to movie?
0: Uh,
2: there's some similarities, at least
0: um uh travis bickle is a lot more uh idealistic hmm. like he almost views himself as like a martyr like he yeah. thinks he's like he's bigger than himself whereas like joaquin phoenix he's just like trying to do what he can to help these girls and like save them whereas like yeah. travis bickle is like he thinks he's part of this like you know he's gonna assassinate this politician he thinks he's like Doing all this good, you know, it's a little bit more, uh, based in like narcissism. Yeah. I would say, but it's also, I think. But
1: there seems to be like a codependency that's implied in both cases, probably.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I feel like they're both suffering from like the same things.
0: They're both a little delusional, you know? Yeah.
1: Well, let's just do the brief because I can talk about that as part of the the ending sequence because that's really where I...
2: Well, I mean, even the whole surveillance sequence felt very similar to, like, the ending of Taxi Driver. Mm-hmm. Like, the way it's staged and everything, like, huge parallels. But, man, the last 20 minutes or so of Taxi Driver...
1: Oh. I gotta rewatch it. Oh, holy shit.
0: <laughs> That's uh, the scope of Taxi Driver is bigger. Because, I mean, in Taxi Driver, he kind of just, like, f- bumbles his way through this fucking shootout, and then he, like, it's it's kind of crazy... But the media portrays him as a hero. Right. That's kind of the whole point, you know? Yeah.
2: Because, yeah, it's the whole, like, duality of, like, his situation. Because, like, in in one sense, he was trying to do harm, but just like by going through the motions he actually does some good mm-hmm. and then it's like is he a hero or a villain
0: right that's the that's the ambiguity of yeah you know, that character that's part of what makes it so good because it goes back and forth because he's you know
2: but i mean that whole sequence and like the whole note at the end and everything yeah. like yeah. perfection
0: there, there's definitely <laughs> par- there's definitely parallels though between this yeah. movie and uh right you were never really here I, i'm not
1: gonna I, that's not like a a negative <sighs> mark for me but let's talk about the last sequence.
0: Let's, uh, let's do star ratings, and then we'll do a spoiler.
1: It's a five-banger for me. I had it th- a three and a half.
0: Ooh. <laughs> it doesn't sound like a three and a half based on how you've been talking about it.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I agree with all the stuff that you guys are talking about. Like, I thought he's a fascinating character. I did really like uh, the moment that we all uh, talked around. Um, it, it was very affecting but, like, my movie-going experience was pretty confused and pretty – I mean, I don't know. It's not fair, really, to, to <laughs> bring a movie's rating down because it was unpleasant, because it was intentionally unpleasant. Yeah, pretty sure. But still, um, I mean,
0: at the end of the day, like, how you feel watching it. Like, if you don't enjoy watching it – like, being uncomfortable is part yeah. of what a movie is trying to do sometimes. But yeah. you can do it right. You can do it wrong.
1: I also didn't pick up on some of the stuff that you were talking about, which is really interesting to me. The whole PTSD, um, the thematic element, and the, well, the I, I think the end
2: sequence, which we'll talk about in a second, like, kind of sure. just
1: hammers that home. For sure. That makes so Unintended. much more sense to me now uh, <laughs> than it did then. I mean, because I was looking at it from from the view of the two characters. Yeah. Um, but And that's what I didn't like. For them, that was what I. Well, let's mainly talk did about like. it a bit.
2: Yeah. Well, we'll revisit your star rating after our spoiler discussion. Yeah. So where are you at right now? Three and a half.
1: I was at a three and a half. Uh, even after our discussion, now I'm already up on, at a
2: four.
3: Okay. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Okay. So, we
2: need to talk about a couple things in spoilers, not just the end sequence. We need to talk about the whole mother son relationship. We need to talk about the end sequence, and then we need to talk about Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> No, we need yeah. to talk about the relationship between the girl and walking yes. Phoenix. Yes. yes. So <laughs> okay. I
0: kinda I kinda wanna start there actually. Okay. Spoiler so it's maybe <laughs> If that wasn't already <laughs> clear. Uh, the relationship between him and the girl. I found it really interesting that he was going there to rescue her, cleans up security guards, bashes him with the hammer, he goes upstairs and like the work has been done. Mm-hmm. And like him like seeing what she did and how she like has no reaction to it. It, like, breaks him because he, he realizes it's too late. Mm-hmm. Like he, That's
1: not what I picked out not of that. how you interpret it? I thought he didn't know what had happened and that he had lost the girl.
2: Yeah, I took it that way. Well, yeah, too.
0: but he he finds out what she did, though. Right. And Dude, then, that last
2: sequence plays out like a horror sequence. Right. <laughs> like, the music and him walking down the hall by himself and
0: i think that's part of the reason why like he fantasizes about killing himself because i think he thinks he failed the girl because yeah. she had to take he was gonna kill him for her but he gets there and he's all cut up like she killed him and she has like zero reaction to it so i i interpreted that that he failed her mm. because he saw th- i think like- it's
2: a dual like purpose like part of him thinks he failed and she he doesn't know where she is and it's too late but then another thing is like she basically had to do it for herself like which is the point you're trying to make
0: that's why i think by the end of the movie he thinks he failed her I, like i think that's a big reason why i mean one his mom is dead but yeah. i think that's why he fantasizes you know he shoots himself in the head and the, because i think it's because she it's too late for her you know what mm. i mean
2: see i don't I I like what you were saying about, like, the earlier sequence at the mansion, but the end sequence, I think it's trying to do something a little different. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's a combination of both, but I think the end sequence is really trying to show that, like, he has no hope, no faith in, like, anything or going forward, and she's kind of the one to, like, let him know, like, no, we need to keep moving forward, like, it's a beautiful day today, so let's enjoy this, and because, like, it basically, like, takes... Her showing that she cares about him for him to realize that there is a purpose
1: to move forward.
0: Yeah, I think we're both kind of arguing the same thing. Yeah, I think it's it's like it's all wrapped up in. that.
1: I I interpret more toward what you were saying. And that's what I don't like about it, because I think that's a stupid message. Like he (laughs) is going to kill himself because he's fucking suicidal. Right. And then he pulls the rocks out of his pockets because he thinks of her. It's like, I still have a job to do. Yeah. Gotta go save her. Yes, yeah. He goes and saves her. She's like eating blood, which was also, I think, a little bit over the top. That was weird, and I think that may have not <laughs> cool. actually been what was actually happening. Maybe not. Maybe not. I don't
0: know. She wasn't eating blood. No,
2: no but, but it was
1: on her plate.
0: Yeah. Because she was covered in blood.
2: Yeah. Right, but, but she was eating her food that had like blood on it, and she was eating with her hands, and her hands I were think bloodied. She, right. I think that was just more of like a visual thing that she was like- it's almost like a visual me- metaphor of like...
1: But she was really there. He goes over and touches her. Right. it's confusing what's real and what's not. Clearly for him too because he goes and touches in a way that's like, are you real? I think she of. was in shock. I think so too. I just thought that that was a little over the top. Or just like sure. yeah. that life has like
2: bled into her like real life. You know, like it's like a visual like metaphor
1: for like... Everything is now tainted for her.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's that's why I think right. he feels like it's like he failed her because she had to do that. He couldn't save her. She had to be the one to do it. Yeah, he had. To, you know, he has been through these traumatic experiences, so I think that the fact I think he thinks he failed her because he wasn't the one to do it. She had to do it, or he was too late. So you know yeah. what I mean. So right. I think. Yeah, you know, I, I think there's
2: multiple things going on, and that's usually when like that's usually when I love a movie is when there's like a bunch of loose themes and you can kind of like pick pieces, but it's not like a one definite thing. Mm-hmm. And I definitely think this, that's what this movie's trying to do. For sure. Yeah. And I love how I'm, I hope you guys notice this, but when he does like blow his brains out or whatever, all the background is talking about like these, like almost like superficial yeah. problems. And he's, obviously dealing with PTSD. And this is what I was talking about earlier. Like it's almost as if no one cares about PTSD or people like him, but everyone cares about stuff like allergies, you know, like something so minor or like eating healthy. Like, I think they make a comment about like putting butter on something. And it's (laughs) like, we get so wrapped up in like these problems that are problems, but like, they're not as big as like, Problems, like, that he's facing.
0: Yeah, it's like a commentary on mental health. We yeah. just chalk it up to, like, oh, well, they're... Right. He's, he's crazy. They're, yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's like, who cares? Crazy. Right, yeah. So,
1: <laughs> like, there's no hope for him. Yeah. And, what I what I didn't like about that scene is if he were to kill himself in that moment, um, that is... The message there is that your problems don't just go away, right? Like, they're there to stay. Like, you have PTSD. You're traumatized. You're... Deeply mentally ill. like. Uh, but then she comes back and he's still alive. She touches him on the head. She gives that one-liner. And it's like, oh, okay, so these two fucked up people are going to like save each other. And I just think that's a weird message to deliver because it's not realistic. That's not actually...
2: I don't think it's necessarily like, oh, we're going to band together and save each other. I think it's just like a there's like a slice of hope and like, let's try and move forward.
0: It's like he's hanging on by a thread and she is the thread. Like that's, the, he yeah. has very little that he's clinging to. Yeah,
1: but it doesn't say to me, but that's, that's like, it's still an unhealthy like codependence thing kind of situation. I wish that there was more of an indication that. It, it it might be a bad message but like that we understand that they're not like gonna you know just be like a father son or father daughter type of relationship that works in the end like that yeah. will not work i
2: mean it's hard to say where they'll go because they basically both are just like completely lost they're like I don't know, what do you want to do? I don't know, what do you want to do? Well, like, let's
1: get you to a fucking hospital and a therapist and into school right, and yeah, with they a family that loves you. Like, what? That. That's obvious, you yeah. know? <laughs> See, I,
0: I didn't interpret the ending that way and like, n- not to like put words in your mouth or anything, but I think a different type of movie would do it that way. Like, you're trying to romanticize this relationship. Yeah. I don't think this movie is doing that, but so many other movies do that you interpret that ending to mean like, oh, well, so they save each other and they're going to live happily ever after. Yeah. That's exaggerating a little bit what you're saying. Well, no, no, no. But,
1: but I mean, you're, you're, you're I mean? spot on. Like, it felt like it felt romanticized to me. It's,
0: but also,
2: I, she is, like, the first person to, like, kind of reach out to him, too, like, throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. So it's like he
1: and his mom clearly are not talking about their fucked up history.
2: Right. <laughs> he's just kind of caring for her. And I mean, they have like a couple like sweet moments, but besides that, like
0: there's some humor early on too, like in their interactions. Like when he's like, that was pretty like, funny. Yeah. yeah.
2: But I do. Are we good with the last sequence? Do we want to talk any more on that? Not unless you have something else. No. But yeah, I want to talk about the, the mom sequence or any sequence with. His mother. So the first sequence we get with them, she's like pretending to be asleep in the chair. Hilarious. You know, wakes <laughs> her up. She's like, ha I got you. And then they talk about Psycho and all that. But then like the second time or not necessarily the second time, I guess, but the last time he interacts with his mother, she's dead. She gets like shot in the head through a pillow. Mm-hmm. And um. There's a conversation I think with one of the guys downstairs where he was like she was sleeping. So mm-hmm. I think that like plays into the whole fact that like she might have thought her son was coming home so she was like playing a trick on him, but in actuality they were like the two like assassins or whatever like henchmen came up and killed her. Mm. You know what I mean instead so like she thought maybe her son was coming home but in actuality they were coming to the house to kill her instead.
0: I don't know if any of that is actually
2: I and think it plays into it
0: a little bit because they clear he put a pillow over her head.
2: No, but I, she might have been like pretending to be asleep
0: who sleeps with a pillow over their face.
2: Well, they might have like pulled it over her head and then shot her. But like that's what they
0: did. Yeah.
2: Yeah, But I mean, there's the earlier scene of her, her pretending to be asleep. And then when he has the conversation with the henchman downstairs, the guys he was like, well, like, how was my mother or whatever? And he's like, she was sleeping but that guy doesn't know for sure she was sleeping or not.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I mean, so I
2: think it plays into that. And like, he does the same exact thing he did the first time in that scene. He takes off her glasses and then he like puts her in a bag or whatever to take her to the river. Right. So I I think Uh. they're trying to like, at least like put that in there a little bit, you know, as far as like she didn't necessarily know her demise was going to happen. And she was maybe just playing another joke on her son and,
0: I think it was more. She died peacefully, and that's part of the reason why. Like you know, the whole hand holding thing. Like he kind of empathized yeah. with that man. Like I, think he drops it was, his guard a bit. He was just doing his job. He was like, I just can't. Like they, I just came here to do my job. And he, like you know, yeah, he, this guy is in in agony, dying. And then when he said, when he disclosed, like she was asleep, I think that was more of him just like, okay, well she didn't suffer. Is right. how I read that. Yeah. I get.
2: I mean, I still think there think may it's, be it's a an part of it. Interesting connection.
0: Yeah. Sure. I just. I didn't. I don't see any like indica- Like other than you making you know the connection that maybe. But that's. Projecting. Yeah, I guess if it's an if, interesting connection. If maybe, maybe make, that but.
2: kitchen sequence played out a little differently, then maybe my argument would have more ground. Because like, if he reacted like, she was sleeping.
3: But that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> she always makes well, Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure?
0: <laughs> I think that's part of what makes this inter this movie so interesting though, is that you can like piece those things together. Like you you are reading into it and you're yeah. like actually like investing time and energy into like connecting these dots and drawing these parallels, because I, I think like it, it it warrants that kind of deep reading. I think this is a movie that will reward like going through scene by scene, visual cue by visual cue. And, it, you know, you can make these connections that maybe uh, you're like projecting a little bit, but I think it, it it's a type of movie where you can do that. And it's interesting yeah. conversations to have, you know, and it can add to the end, like the, the theme of the movie and just its, its impact.
2: Right. Yeah. Like it's it's very open as far as how you can interpret it. And there's like very broad themes going on and you can dissect it piece by piece or just kind of look at it, you know, from like a ways back. but. Mm-hmm.
0: Anything else Good you guys stuff. want to talk about on this one?
2: Tom's new official star rating. Four. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I still interpret the ending as more romanticized than the two of you. Sure. And I also I thought disagree. the movie was the movie slow is, at times. The movie's not trying to romanticize anything. It doesn't romanticize anything on... else, which is why I felt like it was kinda of out of place for sure. one. Yeah.
0: I mean I'm kinda of on Travis's side, like but, but like you said, we're just I hear of, we're you guys. Yeah. It in a little differently. Um, the music though was
2: incredible. the best part Johnny one. the like the music in the end credits like you know after the movie's over mm-hmm. and it's just like a shot on that table or whatever mm-hmm. at the diner that's like the best track in the whole movie yeah I definitely <laughs> shit was lit <laughs>
0: I definitely I don't know about you guys but from the ending I definitely got the lobster vibes they're both in a diner <laughs> <laughs>
1: what? Well, God, I haven't seen there. <laughs> I only saw the lobster the one time I don't remember the diner scene
0: the, the movie ends with them like sitting at a table and they talk about how he because she, she's blind it ends with him going into the bathroom and it looks like he's going to like stab his eyes out mm, and right. you don't know if he did it or not but there's just something about like you know this notion of like sacrifice and the fact that they're both set in like a restaurant and very dark endings like i immediately the lobster came to mind mm. they're very different movies but yeah the tonally the endings i thought yeah it came to mind i don't know just do that out there
2: i just laughed because the diner like comparison but are you guys both five stars on this I, movie
0: yeah Oh, yeah. This is the second best movie <laughs> of 2018 so far.
1: This is
2: the first best
1: movie. behind Annihilation, dog. Yeah, Annihilation was pretty sick. A Quiet Place.
0: <laughs> that is not your favorite movie. Second.
1: I'm still waiting for the second. five-star movie of 2018.
0: You haven't given a single five-star movie yet? Or wow. Review. I've only given two. I don't know if I this have. This and Given, I
1: think, like three
2: or four, but you're out of control this is this is number one i've missed sure. a
0: lot of stuff this year though Love simon all right let's uh let's move on let's get into what we've been watching we're at the two hour mark those are both lengthier reviews yeah good, good discussions job, yeah good shit right maroki
1: no <laughs> say what
0: what super bad <laughs> no. nope michael sarah remember maroki he's the asian kid with the with the whiskers you know like Oh like right! He says, yeah. When they're making the the tiramisu, and he's uh-huh. like, "Good shit, right, Maroki?" No one <laughs> that is a really it. obscure
1: <laughs> quote. I make it all the time. It's pretty obscure. Like, yeah, what? no one would get that. Who's Maroki? <laughs> um, no one would get that.
0: What else have you guys been watching, Travis? I'm sure, as usual, you have oh, the most. Oh, let's see let's keep it let's keep it brief i got some some food to eat some beers drinks some barbecue lawn games to play yeah know what i'm saying tom's uh, got some baseball to watch beers to drink food to eat pretty similar
1: yeah baseball sucks though What no, doesn't get out of here it sucks get out of my house baseball sucks
0: you know what sucks basketball
1: basketball's the shit get and it's also why i haven't been watching any movies <laughs> uh but i still make time for better call Saul season three
0: was that on Netflix now? Or mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm.
2: I'll start with a couple new releases. So I saw Lean on Pete, the new A24 joint about the horse. Lean on Pete. You know what I'm talking about? The horse? Yeah. The horse is called Lean on Pete. That's his name. It's got Steve Buscemi in it and the kid from um, that one movie that came out last year. Oh, yeah, uh, that one. Ridley Scott directed it. The, what? The one with Christopher Plummer and...
0: Oh, all the money in the world? Yeah. I didn't see it, so I don't know who you're talking about. Sea plums.
2: Well, he's the kid who gets kidnapped, basically, but he's the main character in Lean on Pete. Uh, It was okay. I was kind of disappointed by it. It's one of those. So I'm usually not like. I know there's like the whole like. Backlash on like independent movies and like they all feel the same, you know. Like it's like, oh, that has a very like Sundancey vibe. well, no, you know what I mean. Like people <laughs> like will discredit a movie, like, oh, it's very Sundancey. Like it's just like a drama about
0: who has ever said that? I feel like there's Sundancey.
2: Yeah, like people like discredit uh, like an indie movie like because it feels yeah, because like... it feels like every other indie movie. You haven't I mean, ever heard that about saying, specific movies, no?
0: No, is that what people have been saying about Lean on Beat? No, but
2: that's what I'm saying about Lean oh. on <laughs> Beat. <laughs> is like it's the epitome of like a Sundancey movie that's supposed to make you feel something. Are we talking like,
0: like Garden States? Like no, that's what comes to mind when you say that. Like I don't know. That seems like a stereotypical shitty indie movie. Like. I don't know.
2: I guess this movie's not really like doing anything new or interesting as far as like the what it's trying to say. The subject matter. Yeah, but it's just about like this kid who kind of feels alone, and he like he gets a job where he's helping out with this guy like run his like racing horse business and. Like, he loves this horse because, he like, he actually, like, finds a connection with the horse, and he can't con- find a connection with anyone else. And, like, he doesn't really have, like, a good, like, parent situation. Like, his dad's kind of just, like, doing his own thing. His mom's not really in the picture. And so he just, like, you know, gravitates towards this horse, and that's all he has. But, like, the horse is almost just, like, an object to Steve Buscemi, who's, like, the, the horse owner. So there's, like, the conflicting like ideals i guess as far as like he thinks this horse is more than just a racing horse while everyone else in the horse racing business just views it as a horse um but yeah it's just i don't know it's like the performances were fine like the story was fine but it just i don't feel like it went anywhere like different it just feels like a very like middle of the road like indie drama
0: does anyone have sex with a horse
1: no. Not <laughs> Is there a race? <laughs> yes. Does the horse win?
2: At least one of them, yes.
0: That's all I'll say. <laughs> so this is the indie version of Sea Biscuit. Yeah.
2: It, it, I would say it's it's pretty middle of the road though, as far as movies go.
0: Alright.
2: Uh um, on Pete. I saw Ghost Stories. Ooh. Oh, the
0: new anthology. Yeah. Not
2: very good. Oh. Well, no. I thought it was supposed to be okay. Yeah? I don't know. I don't really have much to say about it. It was just like kind of boring and... Not scary, huh? No, not that scary either. I mean, any of the scares felt just like another movie. And the whole like anthology, the way they like piece it together and try and make it like one cohesive story just didn't really work for me. I was just never really like interested in like the main character who we follow. And there's like basically like three main stories that this... It's almost like Insidious, where they have like this like team who goes and investigates like ghost stories or whatever, and he visits like three different stories to try and like piece it together to some like mis- magician, but like it doesn't. I don't know. Like none of the scares were really that cool or interesting to me, and then they never really like pieced them together that well, and yeah, it was just kind of meh.
0: Have you seen? <laughs> V- VHS or the ABCs of Death?
2: I saw VHS.
0: How does it compare to that?
2: Um, I mean it definitely feels more cohesive than VHS does. Really? Cuz VHS isn't it like kind of all separate stories right
0: no you have like uh the main story is someone goes into a house and they like discover these the tapes, tapes and yeah they watch the tape but each tape is like a different Each tape has nothing to do with yeah, yeah. it's just like creepy shit so know?
2: these three stories are all supposed to like kind of interconnect but okay. they don't really but i don't know it just it felt just like a low budget like attempt at something cool but just didn't really work for me sure um, and I also saw Rampage, which was very <laughs> mediocre. Uh, it just feels like a movie I've seen before. I mean, I feel like I've just said this about the last three movies. <laughs> um, but yeah, like the action wasn't that cool. The Rock's just being The Rock. Like they didn't really like intertwine the whole like Rampage video game very well into this. Like I was hoping for like some of that at least, but at most it was just like, an arcade system in the background like it's i don't know it just felt like a monster movie in a city but like there's nothing really to like take away from it it's just like watch any of those pacific rim like godzilla like any of those that's rampage but with the (laughs) rock
0: (laughs) so better than all those other ones because it has the rock
2: no i'm i'm kind of like Rock Over the is Rock, setting yeah. I mean, I feel, every quarter, I feel like he's coming out with a movie, a, like a blockbuster movie. Yeah. And I mean, he, he had Jumanji, he literally and... does the same thing every single time. The yeah. Rock is playing The Rock, and it's, you watch Rampage, yeah, and it's very middle of the road. Mm.
0: <laughs> um,
2: Nothing really interesting to say about Rampage. Uh,
0: though. You, you saw it, it happen. Yep, that's it. <laughs> It's like a better
2: Pacific Rim. I was the only person in the theater though, so that was kind of cool. <laughs> Everyone was seeing Infinity War.
0: Uh, you want to keep going?
2: No, someone else can go.
0: I um. Well, just before we started recording, I was watching the uh, Andre the Giant documentary, which you guys you guys both watched already, we talked about in the last episode. It's really good. Very well produced. I'm, like, super into wrestling documentaries right now. Like, all I want to do is watch more wrestling documentaries. I love the Iron Sheik. This is really good. It's it's touching. It's funny. Like, all of the stories. Like, just... Andre the Giant just seemed like such a kind, interesting man. You know what I mean? Like, very... It's a very sad story because they, you know, they talk about how he was always on the road and this world isn't like made for him everywhere he went he was never comfortable he was always like i, I did tear up a little bit i don't remember who was talking about it but they were basically talking about how he would go out and people will call him a freak you know like he was a freak of nature and they talk about how that, like that hurt his feelings and i was like i was like oh, like it hurt his feelings <laughs> it hurts my feelings too yeah. like, he just seems so, like he just seems like such a kind person but um some of the interviews like you i mean you guys have already talked about this mm-hmm. but the hulk hogan stuff was hilarious rick flair is amazing in this yeah um i i just I, I don't know there's just something about like i don't know maybe it's just because i grew up with it but something about just like the wrestling industry is just so interesting to me because like we've heard all of the stories about all of these wrestlers who like destroyed their bodies fell out of their prime and then now find themselves like drug addicts. They're just struggling to make ends meet, you know? And it's just like, it's just such an interesting story and being able to see, like I meant, I was talking to Travis earlier about uh, when they're leading up to WrestleMania three, like the Hulk Hogan, Andre the giant showdown. Like I, like I got the chills watching those clips, you know, just like the, you could feel the electricity in that arena. I do feel like they spend a little bit too much time on Hulk Hogan. Like there's like a five to ten minute stretch where they're like just talking about Hulk Hogan, you know. Mm, Like I get that they have to bring that into the fold because it's a very important part of Andre the Giant's story, but it just seems like it became the Hulk Hogan show for a bit there. Yeah. Um. So who are the Avengers of wrestling? Oh my god. Hulk Hogan is (laughs) clearly Captain America, right? Yep. Uh, The Rock, Tony Stark.
1: Okay. (laughs) Sure, businessman. Andre the Giant is
0: uh, uh, the Hulk. Yeah. Who else do we got?
1: Oh, Ronda Rousey.
0: Would she be uh, Black Widow? I guess she's not a wrestler. She was in like one match. (laughs) I know. Just fine. Um, (laughs) Now I can't even think of. Dennis
2: Rodman. (laughs) (laughs) Donald Trump he would be
0: hell yeah donald trump is a nick nick fury (laughs) um why can't i think of the other oh thor who would be thor
2: john cena
1: john cena for (laughs) sure
0: yeah that's our wrestling dream uh all right let's see avengers of wrestling yeah hawkeye who sucks who's who's hawkeye who's who's just fucking terrible
2: The Miz. No. The Miz.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, they need to make more wrestling documentaries. Like I would watch like I don't even care who it's about. Like they can make a wrestling documentary about the fucking Dudley boys. Like they can make Rafiki. Rafiki. Like I don't care. Um, I wanna watch more. Anyway. I still have like I said, I got about five minutes left. I know how the story ends. Andre the Giant dies, but
2: it did seem like he lived a pretty full life, though, considering how long he lived. It's, and it's like the whole like argument of like the live fast, die young, or whatever. Uh, here <laughs> for a good do. time,
1: not
0: a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's still sad though, because I mean, he he refused medical help. Yeah. Like he could have prolonged his life, and he didn't. You know. It's it's a really interesting story. He's a very interesting man. Yeah. Um, I only watched two other things, so. Uh, Tom, you only watched one other thing, right? Mhm. Okay. How much you got, Travis?
2: Uh I have like a couple rewatches and then one first time watch.
0: Okay, let's let's do all of our rewatches at once. <laughs> so what's uh what's the what's the first time watch?
2: Rewatch. Oh, first time watch, Barb Wire.
0: Oh, is that the with Pamela, uh, Pamela Anderson? Anderson?
2: Joint, yeah. And I watched this because
0: You wanted to jerk off?
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a perfect movie to watch while I was packing, because <laughs> it is, because it's supposed to be a terrible movie. I don't know if you guys know anything about this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Have you, you have seen it? I've not no? seen it Have myself. you seen a clip or no?
0: I think so. I okay. think it, they might have featured it in like a VH, one of those old VH1, like retrospective series they talked about him.
2: I think it's supposed to be a remake of Escape from L.A., like not Escape from New... Maybe is Escape from New York or Escape from Escape LA. Escape from New York is the first one. But like one. loosely based on one of those. Like oh. it's like the story is very similar. Okay. Um, I mean, it's obviously a terrible movie, but like it actually looks pretty good for the most part. Like it's pretty well shot, I would say. It's just like the story and the characters and like the performances aren't very great. But the movie starts with... Oh, and I have to say that I did buy this on DVD for two dollars at the thrift store because it had the uncut version with special features and so will get into that did later buy
0: it so you could jerk off <laughs> no i figured,
2: uncut i figured if i were gonna watch this movie oh, i shit. would watch the uncut
3: version <laughs> uh-huh
2: there's there's a theme here okay this is part of my steamy cinema segment <laughs> the steamy cinema retrospective
0: retrospective
2: anyways the movie opens with She's basically stripping to like water being sprayed on her. It's like she's at a club and she's like dancing very It's
0: like a white t-shirt contest type of thing.
2: Kind of yeah, pretty much. Um so that sequence opens the movie. I think that's what the movie's kind of like known for is that sequence. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have seen it on like Mr. Skin or anything like that.
3: <laughs> but anyways,
2: <laughs> after the movie I went to the special feature section and there's a sexy outtakes. So I had to that's watch it. The name it. of the feature? It's sexy It's called outtakes? Sexy Outtakes. <laughs> so I had to watch it and it's literally 9 minutes of her dancing to like water being sprayed on her and that alone was worth $2 worth the price of
3: admission.
2: <laughs> wow. Um so yeah, I would say it's one of those movies that's so bad it's good but mainly for Pamela Anderson and all the risqueness. Bonus features. Boner features, for sure. Risky <laughs> um, Cool. Yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about Sounds it. Sounds terrible. I'm never going to see this. <laughs> yeah, me but never. man, that nine minutes, though.
0: Um, pretty good. <laughs> I watched a, uh, a horror movie at the recommendation. It was a horror film. <laughs> uh at recommendation of my girlfriend uh it's called friend Request. have you guys heard of this it's on Friend
2: on is that that's not the one that's over the computer is that's it? that's unfriend okay <laughs> so oh, no <laughs> this is friend
0: request okay very different movie um it's the exact opposite <laughs> it was not good it was bad basically it's like uh this popular girl and like in college she uh there's this like fucking weirdo who like becomes obsessed with her like in her class and she is like trying to be nice so she like makes friends with her and like it's just immediately creepy obsessive ads are on facebook she has zero friends on facebook except for this popular girl it turns into this like witchcraft like weird like supernatural thing mm-hmm. it was nonsense um this one Yes,
2: directed by Simon Verhoeven. Is that son of
0: son of Paul Verhoeven? <laughs> <laughs> I oh, don't think shit. so. He spells the name differently. I think I did look it up. Confirm. Uh, we'll okay, I'll,
2: I'll try and pull up that it bio. But anyways, Bio-g. the tagline is "Killer, be careful who you click
0: with." Yeah,
1: dude, pretty good. Honestly,
0: there what? were a couple. That's a stupid
1: tag. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Careful who you click with i know you didn't really think it was okay, real but yeah. like that's that's terrible
0: <laughs> there were uh, honestly a couple scenes that weren't terrible but by and large it was it was a trash movie there were uh trashes really bad acting like there's a boyfriend in this movie who was just like insufferable he was awful it he, was not it was pretty
2: bad he is mm-hmm. the son of film director michael verhoeven
0: who the fuck is that
2: I don't know. Who cares? Some hack.
0: It's not Paul Verhoeven. (laughs) Brother of Paul.
1: It's a whole family affair.
2: (laughs) Actually, it could be. Uh, I don't think this guy's done anything notable.
0: Simon Verhoeven? No, Michael. Michael Verhoeven? Fucking loser. Anyway, I wouldn't recommend...
2: Weird. So it's like third generation. So Michael is son of Paul... And then Simon is son of Michael.
0: So there is a connection.
2: Holy shit. Wow! The next voice of cinema, (laughs) Simon Verhoeven. Well, uh, I'm
0: here to say he's probably not moving on to bigger and better things because this was a trash movie.
2: How does that work? Because Michael Verhoeven's 79, so that would make Paul Verhoeven like 99. Are you sure it's not
0: like his (laughs) brother? This might be no way that's
2: accurate. Wikipedia (laughs) inaccuracy.
1: Maybe uh, it's Paul Verhoeven, no relation to because on Michael
2: Verhoeven's page it says. Verhoeven is the son of German film director Paul Verhoeven.
0: But it says he's 79 years old.
2: Yeah, born in 1938. Maybe he's the brother?
0: That would make more sense. Because. Paul Verhoeven's not that old. Wait.
2: This is like a different Paul Verhoeven. He was born in 1901. He's a different direct. It's a different Paul oh, 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 man. We opened oh, yeah. up a whole camera. His orange. latest, his last movie was 1939. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we cleared this up so the listeners weren't just like, what is going on? <laughs> anyway, friend yeah, request. Sorry. Go ahead, Matt. Movie Not very sucks.
0: good. <laughs> Not very good. Not recommended. That was the only other new watch. I've got like one or two. Re- I got one rewatch I'll very briefly talk about, but. Do it. I watched Adaptation last night. Uh, cool. It's the movie that made me want to try writing screenplays. I was trying to do uh, a Nick Cage double feature. We were going to do Adaptation followed by Valley Girl. Didn't but by the it. time Adaptation finished, it was too, we were tired, so we didn't end up watching Valley Girl. I've never seen Valley Girl, so adaptation is still one of the best movies yeah. ever made though still up there it's so good there's it's so funny it's so touching there's so many like poignant lines nick cage is incredible in it chris cooper is amazing as laroche uh, meryl streep is fantastic in it uh I love that movie hmm. one of my favorites it's basically it for me
2: um, I'll go through three rewatches really quick. Sure. So two masterpieces real quick. The Warriors and Shame.
0: Mm. Shame is not a masterpiece. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, we're it we're is. talking the Michael Fassbender, like, yes. hanging dong. Yes. Fuck movie.
2: I did, no Shame, I, was, I, Shame was really good. I feel like Shame yeah. works better as, like, just, like, a general addiction type movie and not maybe, like, a sex addiction movie. Mm-hmm. But, like, the whole, like relationship between him and his sister is super interesting and that's like it is kind of gross. It is gross, but it's also like that's kind of what like sets him off and makes him go down like the like weird path where he starts to like expose his addiction to like the real world cuz he's a very like private character, yeah. but then once she comes into play, he starts to get exposed and then like he kind of like lets his addiction out into the world and you see how like he and her deal with it. And there's just, like, a lot of, like, visual imagery that, like, plays with that. Um, Like, I didn't really notice this before, and this is, like, a super small thing. But, like, there's a part where she puts her hat on him, and it's, like, them kind of, like, opening up to each other, and they're, like, kind of being playful and friendly. But then, like, a scene shortly after that, she, like, puts her hat on his boss, who she's, like, having a thing with. And that's almost just, like, a betrayal of their trust. Because, like, he doesn't want her to, like like start to have an affair with her, his boss because like he knows who his boss is and he knows his boss has a family and all that. I'm getting too deep into this movie, but I just feel like the way it handles addiction is very well done. Um, and it's then, a
0: good movie. we we'll fucking settle down on Masterpiece. No,
2: watch it again, Matt. That's what <laughs> I say. Anytime you discredit my
3: Masterpiece.
2: <laughs> masterpiece, dude. <theory. laughs> The Warriors, come on, Matt. That's masterpiece. A masterpiece. Oh, yeah. now we're talking.
0: Can you dig it, dude? That
2: whole sequence, like, could any actor ever do that any better? No. <laughs> have I seen this movie?
0: Pinnacle of acting. <laughs> it's the New York City like street There's
2: game. There's just so much power in his speech. I don't think I have seen. I've seen um, getting the troops together,
1: the the soccer version. What you the talking? hooligans, soccer hooligan, oh, hooligans. 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 not the same. <laughs> it's
0: very different. It sounds but like But that the whole same thing. sequence Street is games.
1: awesome, and
2: like how chaotic it gets once the cops once show up he and gets stuff. Like or... the way it's filmed and everything, and all the stuff going on on screen is awesome. And I just love how it's like. I mean, it's it's one of those movies. It's got the music, the look, everything. Like it's just a fucking cool movie. But it's basically the warriors are on the run, like the entire movie, and they're trying to get to safety. But I will oh and I will say the the Blu-ray looks fantastic.
0: Yeah? Yes. Nice. I'm like going to pick it up.
2: 5 out of 5 picture quality. Mm. Um but the bad thing about the Blu-ray is it's the director's cut. The director's cut has that like comic book strip vibe to it. So he added in like sequences like basically like cut sequences that look like a comic book and it like kind of like summarizes like the next scene they're like I don't know, like additions to help like flesh out the story or where they're going. But the the movie opens up with some weird thing that like compares the warriors to like part of like the Roman era where it's almost like the story of 300 where like these guys are outnumbered and they're trying to get to safety and they're going to kick ass along the way. But like, I feel like the whole comic book stuff is so unnecessary and doesn't really add to the movie. And like, you can put that. Like comparison into the movie without having to actually like, you know, put it into the Stay, movie. Do it explicitly
0: yeah. with like a, in a very like obtrusive way.
2: Yeah, and that movie has like such a like gritty like street like vibe to it, and then adding in like these like slick looking comic book images like just kind of defeats the purpose. So sure, like, sure. but I can look beyond that just because the movie's so awesome. And come on, Warriors come out to play. Warriors. It's like one of the most iconic.
3: Come out and play. <laughs> oh, I've never
2: seen. He's got the, the bottles on his really fingers.
0: You've really never seen the Warriors? Oh, no, I'm looking at tons of pictures. I think it's on Amazon Prime, or at least it was at one point. That's where I watched it last.
1: Tom, you got some homework. It's okay. a sick movie. You guys are always giving me so much homework. I can't keep up.
0: <laughs> it's... You don't keep up. You still haven't watched the Raid too.
2: It's not streaming, but if you want to, if you want to borrow my Blu-ray sometime, you're more than welcome. Okay. Just don't take a year to watch it. It's only 90 minutes. So.
1: Speaking of which, you got more we'll more there. rewatches to finish.
0: Um, Yeah, one more, right? You said you had three. Oh, yeah.
2: Really, really quick. Animal House rewatched it. Doesn't hold up at all. I've never mm-hmm. seen it. Not animals. funny.
1: I, I tried watching it. It was pretty bad. Yeah.
2: I, I used to think that movie was like mildly funny back in the day because my dad was really into it. But like, I didn't I'm laugh dead. once. And I just, I don't know. I just feel like it's aged terribly. Yeah. I mean, some comedies do that. They just, the jokes are of its time. And once that time's passed, it's like kind of forgettable.
0: Sure.
1: So. Getting drunk just isn't as funny as it used to be. Right?
2: <laughs> Everybody wants some, did it way better. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. So I saw Paris, Texas. Oh, are we doing that right now?
0: Are we getting into, well, the Rotten Tomatoes. This is going
2: to be like a third featured review right now.
0: Should we just, should we do, I don't well, have anything else I, I want I to Well, I thought you guys about.
2: were done. No, yeah, I am done, but.
0: Okay, well, let's do it. So, this is because you lost the Rotten Tomatoes game.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought I was just, like, doing my due diligence. No, you no? were required <laughs> to watch this. <laughs> it's right? required viewing for you. Uh,
0: we all watched it, though. Mm. First time watch for me, first time watch for Tom, Travis, this is your third time watching it. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what would you think? Uh,
1: I liked it a lot. It's a slow movie. It is slow. Yeah, um, but very rewarding. Yeah, it's rewarding. The last, the last like thirty or forty minutes of this movie is pretty heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Like the final scene in particular, got to me an embrace and a yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you just don't know. In. You don't know what you know <laughs> what how you things are gonna end out? up. You know, and it's not. There's no perfect solution to it. So, but everybody has you know, a real kind of stake in the game, sort of. Um, it's another one of those movies, kind of like You Were Never Really Here, where you're trying to
2: get into this guy's headspace, but it's, like, very difficult to do so.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, he's weird as shit. Yeah. He's so weird. Harry Dean Stanton's character. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious to see some other stuff he's in, because I don't I well, This don't is, like, one of his anything. only leading roles. Besides oh, okay. this, he's, like, mainly a character actor. Wasn't he in something that came out Lucky Fairly recently. Lucky. It was, was that his, any good? It
0: was, it was supposed to be good. I didn't I saw was,
2: it. I thought it was okay. I mean, it's mm. definitely worth a watch, but I didn't think it was amazing. Oh, okay. People were just loving it
1: because it was Harry.
2: Yeah, it was kind of like his farewell cuz he died shortly after that. But like, yeah. I feel like this is like the movie to like, it's like almost like a tribute to him, even though he was living at the time. I mean, cause it's like, it's only like big leading role and like, it's probably the most substantial thing he's done. So looking back on his career, I would say this is like one of the main
1: highlights. Mm-hmm. It's a really, it's a really, um, odd film. It's kind of got two parts to it. Yeah. Um, the trip to LA and the trip back. And, uh, it is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Most beautiful film ever. I don't think so. That's- up there it's very but, beautiful
0: it's like top 10 by like bottom of the top 10. i thought it was especially beautiful in the beginning the
2: desert stuff mm-hmm. was the blue
0: sky his red hat yeah like, there's also like i think it was like near twilight it's like yeah. a gas station scene so you have that's what i was from the gas station yeah
2: where it's his brother he's like on the phone with him or something and he's getting gas but like the skyline looks like fake it's like yeah it's like greenish pink like i don't know it just looks amazing yeah and them driving to the motel in the like it's raining and it's uh oh uh mic alert but yeah like you're you're from the perspective of like inside the car so you got the windshield wipers going the rain but like the sky and the like
1: yeah background i think you just like the american southwest it's a beautiful place. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's, there's a couple of good shots that I remember too. Um, there's one just where the car is parked, and I think his brother is getting out of it to go walk to him. But it's, it's just a shot that is like level, kind of with the car and the the street, and um, you've got the whole like the the uh, horizon in the background. It was a really nice one. And well, then, there's a, a really cool shot of he's walking down the
2: train tracks, and I think his brother like finds him and stops him. Yeah. So there's like one shot that's either behind them, I think it's behind them, and there's like no clouds in the sky, and then the clouds in front, like the sky in front of them is like full of clouds. So like Mm. the contrast of like both of those, it looks.
1: Um, There's another shot where he's walking across the bridge. It's a a freeway overpass when he's in LA, and where he runs into the the screaming man. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm very distracted when in those scenes because uh, Harry Dean Stanton has such a weird. Flippity floppity little walks. He's got these like lanky legs. See Everything sh- looks super when weird. When they do the when close-up on his shoes, they're yeah, like, gnarly looking. You- yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> There's maybe
2: a quarter of them
1: left. But they're like all jacked up on the side or something. Like Harry Dean Stan walks weird or something. Yeah. I don't know. He's messed yeah, up. Yeah, like heavy footed or something. <laughs> anyway, he's just such a doofy dude, you know? He always seems like he's got his head in the clouds. <laughs> Um, also,
0: what was that woman like doing with him? Like, she's very pretty, very young, and mm-hmm, here is this like super, mm-hmm. like lanky, kind of mm-hmm. weird. I mean, he looks parent. homeless. Yeah. At the start.
1: Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. It it felt it felt dated in a couple ways, but I liked their like their conversations when they finally get to reconnect. Mm-hmm. But she's just, like, so airheaded for a while that I was kind of annoyed by that. I was just like, okay, you know. Yeah. Use your brain for a second.
0: (laughs) I really like how that scene unravels at the end, though, where he's, like, he's talking to her and she doesn't know yet what's happening. And he's, like we know what's happening. And he's like kind of giving clues and you like see the realization as it dawns on her. And then they realize, she yeah, realizes yeah. who it is. Yeah. That was a long scene. Well, and in yeah, you've been waiting really the whole time. movie for that
2: yeah. like information. It,
0: it built up. All yeah. of the movie is building up to this. Yeah. <laughs> mm mm-hmm. yeah, It was, it was really good. I'm excited um, to see it more. I think.
2: I think there, I mean, I don't want to necessarily spoil it for anyone, but there's a few moments or sequence in this movie that like, really worked for me I'll say like the home movie footage yeah that was, was great awesome. it went on
0: a little too long for me
2: but that's like the first time you get like any sense of like joy or emotion from Harry Dean Stanton's character yeah, I just Travis th- by the way yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I watched this with Paris. So she's from Texas. Oh, she did actually watch Paris, it with you? Texas. She oh, watched nice. it with me. Uh, she was like, well, now I know why Travis likes this movie so much.
1: <laughs> I liked the... Uh, I think my one of my favorite parts was when he's with the boy, when he's with Hunter. Walking home? No, that was a good oh, one. That was good. When they were yeah, walking on the separate team. side of the sidewalk. Yeah, and
0: they're walking backwards and having tripping. Having a little yeah with each other.
1: No, I liked when they were doing the walkie-talkies and the bank. at the bank. Yeah, like the stakeout. And they had to drive away because... Travis's character is so naive and childish in his own right that like he's kind of on equal footing with Hunter in weird ways. Yeah. Where he's like, well, which car is it? I don't know which one it is. Are you sure it's the one on the left? You know, and it's like he's doing all the driving, but like the kid is just as on top of it. Like they both fell asleep. Right. It's like, come on. (laughs) Travis, I just think... stay awake dude it's like 10 in the morning yeah
0: <laughs> the first i thought the first uh school scene was kind of heartbreaking yeah, like, yeah he, he's totally. like standing right. and he's just like i'm gonna go with you and he just gets in the car and he just like watches him drive away know, you see the expression on his face yeah um okay anything else on paris texas before we get into rotten tomatoes game
2: um I liked the good. Other little, than the guitar, Matt I like accused guitar me music. of someone who wouldn't like this movie, and that upset me. I oh, was just wow. surprised <laughs> that
0: he liked it as much as he liked it, because usually uh, this type of hey, I
2: recommended uh, Jean Dielman
0: Yeah, that was a trash movie. <laughs> no way. <laughs> um. Okay. So uh, Ron Smiento's game this week. Uh, it's oh, my that's turn. You.
1: Sorry. I thought that was one of you guys.
0: No. (laughs) Uh, So it's my turn to pick. So I chose The Darjeeling Limited, which is uh, the most underrated Wes Anderson film. Neither of these guys have seen it, so I decided to pick this one. Uh, The goal here is to get as close to the actual Rotten Tomatoes critic score as possible. So these guys submitted their answers prior to the recording. Whoever loses...
1: Hey, what's uh, what's our current ranking.
0: I think you're like one ahead of me.
1: Only one? He's keeping track. Yeah, it's... You must be on quite the roll. It was
0: well, you were only like
2: close. two or three
1: behind when...
0: When you first tallied it up. So out. you're at
2: nine wins. Matt's at eight wins. I'm at five wins.
1: Are we racing? We're racing to ten, right? No, we're... This is... <laughs> <In the laughs> we're racing to the end of time.
3: <laughs>
0: okay, so I have the answers here. So they are trying to guess the critic score for Darjeeling Limited...
2: I'm here to help you out, Matt. Come on.
0: Loser has to Baby. watch. TP, <laughs> toilet paper, Travis Paul oh. predicted 84%. Oh,
1: shit.
2: What'd
0: you guess?
1: 85? <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> Tom
0: <laughs> predicted 81%. Oh,
1: man. I'm on the wrong end of this scale. Now I, I feel think I'm on the wrong
0: end. Actual Rotten Tomato score is... 69%. God, that's right, baby. 10
1: wins. 10 wins. First and double digits, motherfuckers. <laughs> well, I'm always behind, so we'll see what uh, sorry, happens. Sorry, Matt. It's all right. There's so, only one first to 10. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's,
0: that's true. <laughs> um, okay, so Travis is going to watch the Darjeeling Limited and <sighs> report back.
1: Yeah. That's what I'm gonna do. It's a pretty just movie. Please tell me it's better than sixty nine percent, then maybe I'll watch
2: it. Okay.
0: <laughs> it's for sure better than a sixty nine percent.
2: Oh, make sure to watch it while I'm not unpacking.
0: Um, have we looked at what's uh what's coming up on the docket? What are we doing next episode? Well I'd like to see Tully. Tully, yeah. Yeah, Tully for sure.
1: I don't I can't say that I'm like super excited for that. It's just it looks like the best thing coming out.
0: When does Solo come out? Is that later? The end of the month. Or uh, Deadpool? That's also end of the month too, isn't it? I'm not sure. What's coming up in May? Deadpool solo, totally came out like a week ago. Um, I mean, are you guys looking to see what's coming up on the horizon? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: So we're looking at May 11th, right? Mm-hmm. So we or no, well that's next weekend. I get Life yeah, of the, the Party, Breaking In that movie with Gabrielle Union. That was terrible. That thriller, yeah,
1: Mountain
2: with. Willem Deadpool Defoe. 2 is the weekend we would record so is first reformed apparently Ooh. book Wait, club really? that movie looks god awful book club I don't yeah. know what that is it's what's like revenge? old ladies book club wow. it's got a uh, Jane Fonda in it Diane Keaton is Judy Dench in it <laughs> no she might as <laughs> well be <laughs> show dogs is that oh that's the oh yeah no that's what
0: is that oh, who cares Sir got Will Sh- Arnett Saoirse Ronan She's got a new one coming out.
1: The Seagull. Her oh, and that Annette looks Benning? Bad. The
0: Seagull, huh? I do love Annette Benning. Yeah.
2: Show
1: Dogs looks like a good one. Oh my god. That, <laughs> that poster great. alone. Uh, that oh, like oh, oh. I want to see Disobedience if that's going to be coming anytime soon. I
0: hope so. Yeah. That's the we're on the theme, we're on a steamy train lately. Mm-hmm. So uh, that movie looks uh, kind of steamy.
1: Oh, Ethan Hawke, First Reformed. Yeah,
0: that's playing at SIFF this year, so we're for sure gonna go see it. A... That's
2: May eighteen. That's also getting a uh, Taxi Driver comparisons. I mean, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm the same writer,
1: but well, it is rated R for some disturbing, violent images. Yep, Yep.
0: Alright, well anyway, we'll be back in a couple weeks with some movies, you know, all the usual shit, so we will return. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you want to send us an email, fire that off at cinephilesdigest at gmail.com Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe to our Apple Podcast feed, Stitcher feed, all that good stuff. Leave us a review. Thank you everyone for listening, we'll be back soon.
2: Ciao. You're welcome.
0: Thank you.